Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, after much ado about technology, <laughs> we're finally starting, and hopefully everything holds up for the entirety of the cast, uh, but I don't want to say anything, because God only knows. All I know is that half of this glass is not Coke. <laughs> I know, I got a, only half. I got a beer here. <laughs> Panic is still um, abstaining after the uh, the crazy wedding that he was at. I don't think you're you're joining in the uh, St. Patty's Day <laughs> drinking celebration. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh. It is. All that. None of us are wearing later, green. I've got a green behind me. That's as close as I've got. I've got nothing else for it. But regardless, ladies and gentlemen, we got to restart this as if, if everything went well. For those of you listening, not on live stream, not on YouTube, but if you're getting this through your RSS, um, God bless you, because you're probably going to have hopefully the uh, least most contrived, beat up recording of, of everybody else. But uh, welcome. It is the first episode of the Technical Alpha Podcast. Mr. Black, how are you doing today, sir? I am phenomenal. I'm ready. Phenomenal. I am phenomenal. phenomenal. Mr. Panic switched. Third guy. <laughs> Could possibly be Portuguese or Mexican. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I'm doing all right. How about you? Um, everyone's now complaining about my noise gate, but I think it should be working all right now. No, it should be fine. I, dude, if there's a noise gate problem, I'll worry about it later. <laughs> but you should be fine. All Just right. eat the mic. We talked about this. Pretend it's a phallic oh, yeah. object that oh, yeah. it is. And you, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. <laughs> at this point, at this point, as long as everything doesn't completely burn to the ground, it's all good. Mr. Black, I just realized you might have to rehost this. Um, oh yeah, shoot. Yeah, yeah I'll do that. I'll regardless. Do that regardless, while you're doing that, we are here and we are going to be talking today about our top 10 games. We uh, we were trying to decide how to best do this. Uh, how to best do this in terms of uh, getting you guys to know us a little bit individually and, of course, getting to know uh, Tabin, Panic, Mexican third guy, whatever you end up calling, whatever meme you come up uh, for, for him. So uh, we needed I'm, to come I'm up with something we thought that might be. Third guy. Hashtag third guy? Okay. Third yeah, guy Panic, is. Panic's out of sync, but it doesn't matter. We're going to pretend he's Asian dubbed. <laughs> he's asian dubbed uh but yeah we're we're gonna talk about our top 10 games we came up with this for those of you guys who have been following kind of the technical alpha thing uh from like literally the announcement or the the covert announcements that we were making over the course of the last not even a month like this has been kind of a like a straight vertical ramp up until today uh we have the google plus page that, that has our top 10 games and our top 10 uh, movies and today we're going to just stick with with the games because uh, I have a, a sneaking suspicion we could probably go on for a long time just about the games themselves. So, gentlemen, do you two have your your list in front of you? We uh, we talked about how we wanted to kind of tackle this. We're going to kind of go one after the other so that we're not just listening to one person's voice for long periods of time and yep. uh, and and give her uh, give her from there. So. Let's get right into it. I'm going to start with the third guy uh, because I think that's important. We're going to start. Oh. Yeah, you're. Yeah, we're putting you on the spot, bro. You got no time for warm ups, spot man. So what's your what's your, there's these are in no particular order, right? So like nobody's put their list necessarily in a way that's that's definitively ten to one. But we're gonna we're gonna just hack it hack it through anyway. So what's your number ten pick, sir? Tell us a little bit about that game. 
Ooh, we're going to go with Deus Ex, man. Um, the original, not any of the newer ones, but like the one that came out in what, like 2000? Um, it's probably one of my, uh, it was just a very interesting game at the time. Um, it was a shooter RPG hybrid. And overall, I just love it. It was one of the first games that had like true freedom of choice. And for me at the time, that was mind blowing. Um, I probably played that game for a couple hundred hours and never beat it and then had to go back when I was older and do it again. Beauty. Yeah, I, I, Beauty. I've I've never played Deus Ex, so I can't really chime in on on that at all. It's just one series I never got into. I don't Adam, did you play Deus Ex? I never when I never did. I never played the originals or anything like that. I, I just ended up playing um what was it, Human Revolution was the reboot ish type deal that they did here a few years ago. Um, people were raving. And of course I've heard about, uh, of Deus Ex for years mm. and, uh, I never played you it. Because played neither, I, yeah. No. And I knew about system shock all the same, like all that stuff, but I wasn't a PC gamer before or at the time that that came around. So I never got a chance to really play it. So when I played human revolution, I didn't have like any nostalgia. I didn't have any rose tinted, goggles to put on and though apparently it is a very critically acclaimed game i got about six hours in and i could not maintain my interest after six hours so i put it down and i couldn't go back to it but i know that the early deus ex games got crazy love so cool no, no, no uh, I, like i said one. the second I, one was terrible yeah <laughs> oh, the second I, one was I, terrible i wish i had uh i wish i had played it but i didn't I actually watch panic at the time he was streaming for a little bit i watched him play it uh, off and on on stream for a little bit, but besides that, I haven't even I haven't even watched a video on the game or know what it's about or anything like that. Is it an RPG like like game, uh, or is it like so, uh, Mass Effect type thing? Um, it's it's actually probably you can say it's like a predecessor to Mass Effect. Um, it's a it's a shooter like your first person shooter, but you have stats and abilities that you'll gain and grow over the course of the game. Um, inventory management is really big. Um, like you can't carry a massive sniper rifle and a ton of other guns. You kind of have to pick and choose and manage your inventory for what you can and can't do. Um, and the big thing was just it was one of the first games that really had elements of choice where, mm. you know, if you kill someone, it changes the way the later game plays. Like you might lose access to a faction or mm. they may hate you forever type of thing. Mm. Cool. Oh, OK. Uh, beauty. Yeah, no, I, I uh they, I mean, they had a lot of that in the in the newer one that I had played, and it, it certainly, I, I like, I know the game is good, but like a lot of games that are good, it doesn't necessarily mean that I can just, you know, dive in and 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 love it. But Panic for sure, a couple things, technical alpha first thing, turn yourself up about one dB and then restart your webcam, just exit and come back in on that because it is like a three to five second delay on that point. <laughs> technical it's alpha, even, it's the first it's, cast. It's not even it's not even dubbing anymore. It's like we're in two different movies entirely and you're talking. It's just <laughs> <laughs> Okay. How are we looking now? Nope, still a million miles away. Doesn't uh, I think it's probably because you it's <laughs> I don't know, reasons doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Working perfectly yesterday. Yeah. yeah, I know. Five like we were on for like five straight hours. Everything was butter. We were like, "Oh, we got this now, boys." Nope. We're 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 <laughs> in beta. Black. We're in beta. Yeah. We're in beta. No, we're not even. We're not even close to beta. Mister Black, what's your what's your number ten spot? So we got Deus Ex from uh, from from Panic. What do you got? 
Um, all right, so I'm I'm trying to put my all my games in from ten down to one. So I'm actually gonna try and put this in 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 an order. I know that you said at the start like we're just kind of okay. naming ten games off. Okay, I'm gonna all try right, okay. and progressively make this the the best <laughs> game of all time. Okay, all right. Coming in at number ten, and I fought with this game. I wanted to get an indie game up on number 10. Uh, I'm not even going to bother doing honorable mention, but that the game that just kind of squeaked in uh, and probably the the game on here that I played uh, the least amount and it's the, the freshest out of everything on this list, Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, that is coming in at oh. number 10. I'm putting that in at number 10 just because... Um, you got me into this game. You said, Jeff, you got to play this game. And you came over my house for those that were watching the stream. And we sat there for 14 or 15 hours. And I played this game from start to finish in one sitting. We went semi crazy. We were, we, like three o'clock in the morning, we were laughing hysterically over nothing. Three. We, it was, it felt like we were drunk, but it was, it was that moment that, you and I haven't had together as gamers time. since we were 16 years old. It really yeah. felt like I was in your basement again. We were sitting down, watching each <laughs> other play games, and having a good time. So it, it was a combination of hanging out with my bro, playing a game, and but also at the same time, the game was incredible. The fact that you this could... Is a good game. You could jump on these massive bosses, and each one was different in how you could take them down. There was a strategic uh, element to it, and everything just felt so grand. I mean, there's so many games that you you fight these big bosses, and sure, they're big, but they're just big for the sake of being big. Shadow of a Colossus literally made it feel like you were against a giant, and it was just amazing. You climbing some giant's leg, uh, stabbing them in an eye. You know, they're, they're you're you're hanging on for dear life on some hair <laughs> the on the rag, top the of their head. Doll was so good. I mean, it was just an amazing <laughs> experience. And not only that, it was kind of an old game too. And we and I was playing it for the first time, and the game was out for years, and it still felt fresh. It still felt like it was something that mm. we could that if it could come out today, we would still be praising it. I know that um, uh, that last game that we played that came out, you know, the one that's visually incredible uh, with with, last the, with the pet, the, the Last Guardian, very similar. Ah. Uh, similar feeling. Obviously, for me, Shadow of the Colossus is a way better game for a number of mm. reasons, but. It had it, it. It was if Shadow of a Colossus came out now, uh, in in this type of you know graphics on a PS4, Xbox One, uh, it, it would it would be like number four or number five on my list uh, if it was just refreshed. Obviously, there were some controlling issues and stuff like that, some camera issues, but in games like that, it's almost unavoidable. But you 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 basically for me, I could disregard all of those negatives because it was just an experience it was something i'd never experienced before shadow of a colossus number 10 yeah no it's so good is, that's is a good the right time for me to come in and say that i've never actually played shadow of the colossus and never oh, really saw shame the on you uh, well i shame mean we can't you. we can't we can't say that much because we didn't play deus ex it's like you know it's it's kind of whatever yeah. right i um, the game just never did it for me it looked cool but like i was never a fan of just like team eco games in general um, Last Guardian, especially yeah. when I watched you, when I was watching you play Last Guardian, I was like, this just looks frustrating. 
<laughs> it was. Well, that's because it was. the last Guardian was frustrating. <laughs> that would be that would be why. Uh, no, the Shadow of the Colossus. I think I have it in my list as well somewhere. Um, and you know, for for me, for me when I played it, it was uh, you know like for everybody else. And you mentioned touched on some of these points too, where when you're fighting the the it's just it was the scale of the game was mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, and at the time, I, there certainly weren't that many games that did scale as well as Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, mm-hmm. It might have even done scale better than everybody else at the time, for all I remember at this point. But um, it was also it was also kind of uh, awesome in how s- simplistic it was. Not in terms of it being easy, because it certainly wasn't a, a flat out easy game. But no. uh, it was. Uh, I mean, it was simple. You get on your horse. You drove off into the distance, and then all you did was fight bosses for the entire game. That's all there was. There was no, you know, little, you know, shitter enemy dude running around that you had to kill for experience. There was no anything else. You went from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You fought a massive friggin' enemy, and you moved on to the next one, and the story kind of progressed with almost no dialogue either. So it was a very simple, a very simple game, but done super well. So I agree. Yeah, awesome game for sure. Definitely, uh... I'm, I'm like almost positive I have this in my list here, unless it got swapped out. No, I do. I do. So there you have it. Yeah, no, very, very good game. My 10 spot, I'll try and match Jeff here. I'm probably going to fail because okay. I didn't even think about this. I'll try and say that like I'm going <laughs> to attempt an order here. Probably going to fail miserably, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt at, uh, to do it. I'll make my number 10 then, Project Gotham Racing 2. Uh, <sighs> I've... I wanted to have a racing game on this list so bad because uh, for the longest point in my life, racing games were all I played. Like, that's all I wanted to do was play racing games. And I want to go fast. I loved the Project Gotham, the Project Gotham racing series uh, up until, I don't know, 4 got a little weird and beyond that. And then eventually it got basically internally at Microsoft replaced by Forza. Forza just kind of took out... Uh, Project Gotham spot, especially when they came out with the Horizon branch of uh, of Forza. So, uh, but at the time, Project Gotham Racing was my life. Loved it. Loved everything about it. Uh, the Kudo system was super unique mm-hmm. at the time and was incredibly fun. And uh, didn't feel shoehorned into it. It didn't feel like it was a racing game. That oh, by the way, we have a point system that if you yeah. take this corner in a sweet way, we're going to give you like thirty fake points and be like, yeah, bro, good job. Like it didn't feel like that. <laughs> uh, it was one of the first racing games I put a lot of time into into trying to get the best possible times on tracks I wanted to and the soundtrack was fantastic in the first couple uh, of games it was hard for me to pick between one and two because one for nostalgia of like mm-hmm. the the first game in the franchise but I think mm-hmm. two was probably the best game that they ever produced mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh coincidentally I want to say it was one of uh the first games to uh include the Enzo Ferrari which is on the cover, if I'm not mistaken, yep, it as is. well. Which uh, yep. that that fancy Ferrari that they made after the the uh, uh, the founder of Ferrari, uh, and definitely an OP car in the game for sure, without question. But <laughs> super fun game. And I I still remember it was actually the game that I I got my first racing wheel for. Like that was how much I loved it. I wanted to get a race. Terrible. Oh, I can't wow. drive manual. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But yet I still wanted this racing wheel, and I was at my grandmother's when I got it, and I played this game on this TV from like 1987 that was just the crappiest looking TV you've ever seen in your life. But it didn't matter because I played that and another game on this list that we'll get to later on. But we're going to we're going to plant Project Gotham Racing 2 at the, uh, at the number 10 spot. All right. Well, you know, 
Project Gotham Race. Okay, so I remember playing Project Gotham Racing when you got your original Xbox. Yeah, the first um, along one. With, yeah. Along with some other games. Uh, I do agree with you that Project Gotham Racing 2 is definitely the best Project Gotham Racing. I do believe number two, they also added in the Xbox Live uh, stuff for the game as well. Um, that was a thing. Um, but mm-hmm. I, before I judge you too hard, I have to hear what your other nine <laughs> games are because the fact that you're putting Project Gotham Racing 2 on your top ten games of all times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, bro. Well, I mean, it's a subject, I, it's a, it's a subjective I know it's subjective. If I, sat, if, not, if I sat down, if I sat down and said, objectively, I'm going to pick the top ten games of all time. Seventy percent of this game of the lists, you know, of this list wouldn't even be on the top ten. It's top ten yeah, games for I, me. I, I, Other, I otherwise, we're talking about like a, a pre-baked list that the internet has already decided over the course of the thirty years of gaming that has existed. We already have like the de facto top ten, and I'm sure all of our lists. We might have one or two that make that list. And then the rest of them aren't even in like the top fifty. They're off in some magical land somewhere. But definitely, <laughs> a couple of my games are are uh, I would say a top ten of all time. But subjective, I, I, subjective. I, I know, I know it's subjective. But hey, you know it's a podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out on your subjective garbage. All right, because Project Gotham <laughs> Racing Two. I can think of I can actually think of better racing games off the top of my head. I'm mm. not even a race guy, but I will say. I didn't. I probably played Project Gotham Racing the most out of any racing game, uh, simply because the Kudo system was so cool. Like you know, mm. you're just you're, you're drifting around uh, every corner, and and this was you know before, to my knowledge, before Fast and the Furious and all these other things, where it was right around that time. So it was you know it was a cool thing. It was in, but I mean, if I were to play Project Gotham Racing two now, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the game. I, I don't know if it's gonna. I don't know if it's gonna hold. Bro, but I, hey, I've got Project Gotham number 10, not mine. I've got. I've got number one here, and I played it not long ago. Fire! It's okay. still good, man. It's still. All it's right. still good. Now I have. I have now personally. If I picked a best racing game on top of that, it wouldn't even be Project Gotham. It's just I really love Project Gotham Racing too. Like okay. Forza. Forza Two is probably my fa- Is probably what I think the best racing game of all time. Forza two. That's what I thought you I'm were going to put on your mad list. Mad or sad, Adam? I'm I'm just disappointed. Like you're telling me, <laughs> Padre Gotham. You, Thanks, you haven't Dad. played not you haven't played <laughs> ten other games that are better than Padre Gotham to you. That's all good. It's all man. good. All right. I'm before, sad for before, you. Before you before you start ranting in Spanish, tell me what your number nine game is. <laughs> um, I'm going to actually go with the superior racing game, Need for Speed Underground Two. Mm. Oh, I'm, I was playing that like two mm. days ago. That game is so good. That game's dope. I know, man. Um, ah, Riders on the storm, amazing, bro. Uh, <laughs> amazing selection of cars. The mm. tuning was really fun for an arcade game. It was it had to struck the balance of being like semi not close to realistic, but still playable and fun. Um, the campaign was fire. Um, soundtrack was amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, and Brooke Burke always always a bonus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brooke um, Burke yeah, was no, good. Uh, well, yeah, not an acting capacity, but you know, back in the day for <laughs> games, <laughs> yeah. it was one of the few games that still had like actual live action cutscenes. Man, well, to this day, I still don't know if if the Need for Speed, if Need for Speed Underground two, and then the follow up Need for Speed Most Wanted, I still don't know if. Um, if the if the acting was intentionally camp or if they were just legitimately that bad, and I want to believe that they intentionally did it, 
I'm pretty sure they did that intentionally because no one can be that bad at acting. <laughs> I just, I like just remember they're trying to ham it up. I remember yeah. Need for Speed Two. We're we're talking Underground Two, right? Yeah, the one yeah. where yeah, you're effectively two, making yeah. like racer cars. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know, the only thing, good. the only thing I ever done in these Need for Speed games was run away from the cops. That was that this was pretty much all I did. Cops. Those are the later games. Yeah, see, games. yeah. See, I, I'm not sure. I played much of Need for Speed Two, so I, I think I was into the Hot Pursuit uh, ones or whatever they are. Um, so, but Need for Speed was always a a good franchise, and it's still, to my knowledge, it still comes out with games, or at least it did on the last console on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were selling relatively well. So, um, and that was during the whole once again Fast and the Furious. Uh, phase where everybody was into the souping up cars and stuff like that. So it was a successful game. Um, yeah, I'm going to judge you a little bit for that being number nine, but uh, dude, not too hard. Dude, the soundtrack is so good. I, I, as soon as you said that, all I can dude, think of is the title, was the title theme. So good. Was it yeah. Snoop Dogg and then The Doors? Like, how do you fucking get any better than that? Yeah. <laughs> and they had some amazing, amazing EDM in it too, just driving along. It's it again, yeah. like my top 10 list isn't necessarily by. <laughs> sheer quality of the game it's like memory and like amount of hours i sunk into the game and how many times i would just keep coming back to it like underground yeah, 2 was definitely game. one of my college go-to's when i was stressed out like i'd be like oh exam time time to study let's play some races in underground 2 yeah yeah, no, yeah, that's, yeah, cool. yeah. that's cool absolutely absolutely um for those of you who are just stopping by and they're seeing panic uh japanese dubbed i know exactly why he's japanese dubbing right now uh it's it's because we're he and i are both going through audition uh, so he's got like a 300-ish millisecond delay plus and his audio hitting uh, hitting what our ears are. And since he's not using XSplit, like I have my webcam delayed. He doesn't have that opportunity. So we'll figure that out for next week. I already have a solution to that problem. We'll be good but to go for now. But if you guys now, are listening to this on audio, on it audio like you, you don't, you're not going to, you're not going to know anything. If you think, if you're listening right now on your iPod, if you're back in 2004 and you're, <laughs> or you're listening, you're listening on the way to work. If you close your eyes and listen really, really hard, you might be able to hear how dubbed Panic is right now, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Next game, Mr. Black, you're number nine. What you got? Number nine. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put out, some people might may be surprised that this is coming in at number nine. Some people may have this. Maybe a little bit higher on their list, but I'm going with Halo 2 coming in at number nine. Halo 2 is the GOAT for FPS on a console. When I think Mm. of a shooter on multiplayer, I'm thinking Halo 2. Halo 1, fantastic. It's what made me fall in love with the franchise. It was a... A, uh, a a just a sleeping beauty. Nobody knew how good this game was. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, you bought the game and took it back, um, and 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 got it again because you didn't yeah. know. You know, I didn't. What the hell is this? So, I, don't, I didn't want so this. What ha- yeah. So what happened was uh, because I was a spoiled brat as you, a kid. Uh, Mom was lined Halo up at, at the at the EB Games. No, not Halo Two. Halo One. So Mom lined 1. up at EB yeah. Games before the gate was even open at the store in the morning. And Jeff and I were at school, and uh, and and she got the first Xbox in Halifax, basically the original Xbox, and, and we got it home from school. 
And there was it came with two games. It was like a six thousand dollar freaking. It was something dumb. I can't remember. It was I saved over eight hundred bucks. I remember it was over eight hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this was back in two thousand, like two thousand, two thousand one, right? Like that's a long time ago. That's a lot of money. Eight hundred bucks. So uh, yeah, I, I Halo was in the original bundle, and I didn't know I didn't know what it was, and and it wasn't actually the game that I chose for my bundle. Like they gave me the wrong game, and yep. so I took it back and exchanged it, and then I ended up buying it like a, a week later anyway. Uh, because it turned out to be God tier, and then that was the game that we played the most on that Xbox by far. It was just Blood yeah. Gulch snipers for like fourteen yeah. straight hours, and, and I remember it, it vividly, remember like going down yeah. to your house and just playing Halo all the time, campaign, and then you know multiplayer, uh, local multiplayer, anything. We'd have the the guys over, and so I fell in love with the game. And obviously, when Halo Two came out, um, my expectations were really high. And they surpassed them all. The game just got better. All the things that were wrong with the first Halo, they improved on. The campaign was great, but the real Needler. exactly the, yeah, that was dope. <laughs> the 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 big Couch thing was off, it was Couch it was off. the multiplayer online Halo Two. Some of the best shit of all time. There's only yeah. one shooter that I can think of that's better than it. Um, for for well. Halo 2 is the goat for online. That that's it. I mean just multiplayer online. There I remember, have another shooter on my they, list, but remember I don't know if you know this, but when they went to shut down Halo's servers for the last time, there were there were two or three or four guys that ran a match so they couldn't shut them down until they were done and they just ran this online thing for like two weeks or something crazy like that. I can't remember what it was. And they just kept it alive for as long as humanly possible. And it became a news story everywhere. <laughs> and then they eventually did it and they shut down the servers and everybody, you know, collectively weeped for the end of Halo 2 multiplayer. The guys, the guy's Xbox died or something. <laughs> oh, was like that what it match. was? Oh. Yeah, because like, he couldn't the shut Red it Ring off. Of he had to leave it running. Yeah. You just have to leave it running. Couldn't let it go. Yeah, uh, that's true. No, Halo 2 was friggin' was, was was absolutely incredible. I remember when Jeff and I yeah, Halo we played so much in of general, it. I loved it. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> at least later on. At least no, the let's, first not, two. Let's, not, let's forget the later ones. Yeah, so so I remember Jeff and I played so much of the game. We were actually not that bad multiplayer. We were pretty we were pretty nasty at multiplayer and we joined a local tournament for Halo 2. And we go we go to the place for this tournament. Oh, I'd never I never forget that this, shit, dude. This is absolutely ridiculous. I can't believe you remember so, this shit, bro. That's fine. Oh yeah, I, I, I didn't even vividly. think about we it. And in. you know what? I I remember it too. Go ahead. <laughs> I remember it too. So we walk through the doors of this like little boutique thing. Uh, for those of you who are in Halifax, it was a it was um, I don't think it's there anymore, but it was one of the no. only like cafe cafe gaming things in the city at the time. It's a Quimpool somewhere, right? Yep, uh, the right hand side of Quimpool going in from the Rotary. So, <laughs> so we walk into this ti- and it's tiny because it's an old building and it was a thousand degrees Celsius in there and there were sweaty gamers. So it was like the walls were sweating, everything was sweating. I was sweating, people were sweating, controllers, everything was just drenched. We get yep. inside, we wait for our game, and we're looking at our competition and they're not all that great. And we're like, you know, well, we've actually got a chance because if we won that, we'd be going to. It was like this was regional qualifiers. We'd be going. Uh, into into like Toronto or something for the ne- for like the next round, and we were all pumped because uh, we just wanted a trip to get the hell out of Halifax. So we go in there, we 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 size up a competition, and we get our first match, and we're against these two kids. And one of these kids, I swear to God, one of these two kids was as white as a sheet. He'd never seen the light of day, and even inside, I don't think they turned a light on. I, I don't think he's seen UV <laughs> rays of any kind. Everything's just dim. His eyes 
were like, I don't know if he licked a toad or what the hell he did before he went in, but his eyes were this big and they were sunk into the back of his head. He looked like he looked like if you made a uh, an Oblivion character and you put all the sliders to the left, just everything was f- fucked up, just crazy. He looked like he hadn't slept in a week. And he was the most determined-looking kid I'd ever seen in my life. And we sit down, and I was like, all right, this guy means business. That or he's just dead holding the controller on one of the two. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> and we get into this match, and we got smoked. Oh, yeah, wrecked. We got absolutely wrecked. pummeled. And oh, yeah. lo and behold, they went on to like go, I don't know how deep they, they went in, everything. but they smashed everybody. They just won everything. Oh, yeah. They they absolutely yeah. crushed it. So like we could have gotten a little further in, but no dice. We got absolutely... Uh, we got absolutely wrecked, but that was a good time. Halo Two, fantastic uh, game for sure. Good choice. So your first esports experience was destruction. There you go. Oh, yeah. absolute pump, dude! This kid oh, yeah. guaranteed was like hyped on every drug you could keep yourself up yeah, on. Yeah, well, for, you like, know what, kid? Weeks. If you're listening to my podcast right now, look at me now, bitch. <laughs> look at me. Where now. are you at now? I'm running a podcast, motherfucker. He what prob- you doing? He, he probably he probably made He's like six hundred grand dead, on bro. Halo. Yeah, He's that dead. too. Yeah. He's literally dead right now. Because that guy was on the brink of death. He might be death. sleeping on his pile of money already. He might have actually he might have actually already been dead when we were fighting him in Halo Two. It's entirely <laughs> a possibility. All right, so uh, my number nine uh, is I think everybody. I don't think I'm going to get flack for this one, and if I do, right. you guys are terrible. Uh, Silent Hill Two. Huh? Mm. Anything? Mm. Anything for the peanut gallery on Silent Hill Two? Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Jeff's going to go get it in his 16,000 game collection back there. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Silent Hill 2. Silent Hill Great 2. Game, dude. Uh, Silent Hill 2 is uh, my favorite horror game of all time. And uh, one of, and, and obviously just one of my favorite games of all time. I think the Silent Hill universe. Uh, before it got really weird with like Silent Hill the Room and stuff, and they changed from Team Silent over to whoever the hell ass backwards people started developing those games were. Uh, but up to that point, I think Silent Hill is one of the best written universes in in gaming, uh, and a master at telling you only what you needed to know, and that was it. And not yep. knowing everything else was what made that game absolutely friggin' unsettling and terrifying. I don't scare easy at all. Like, I don't scare, period. In fact, that's why when everybody is like, you should play this game because it'll be fun to watch you. I'm a robot. I'm just, I'm an apathetic asshole. I've got nothing. Just, that's all there is. I don't get scared. So when I played Silent Hill 2 as a kid Mm, and it actually disturbed me, I was like, oh, this is some good shit. Like, this this is what it feels like to be scared. (laughs) <laughs> so I can't actually play I can't actually play horror games like I've never played the Silent Hill games I've seen people play them and I get scared for them like uh, I, I absolutely hate jump scares well, what was so, I like get freaked out like it what was so great about Silent Hill it, it wasn't even necessarily jump scares it was the atmosphere in Silent Hill it was yeah, the yeah. story the storytelling in it they did have their jump scares for sure but it was there's just something eerie about Silent Hill um, even even the shitty movies that they made, uh, they they even still had this eeriness to them um, that a lot of these other horror games or horror genre mm. game movies didn't have. Um, I think the you know, first the, Silent Hill movie they made was actually a lot better than people gave it credit for. Oh, I think it could have been done better in a couple of places, yeah. but I thought it was a really good like in general. Like horror movies go on Netflix, everything's rated like one one tenth star. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's just like this. 
Yeah, it's a shame that uh, the the game <sighs> got canceled for the PlayStation. Was it the PlayStation Four? Oh the my VR God. It got uh, canceled. Guillermo del Toro and and friggin' um, oh, who was he going to work with? Hideo, was it Kojima? He was going to work name? with on that. No, it wasn't. Kojima. I'm not sure. His name again. Uh, something that I pronounced improperly for sure. But uh, yeah. It's a shame. It's it a shame was, that it, it got was canceled. Del Toro. It is Del Toro, though, right? Yeah, like that's, that's yeah. Is, yeah, it was Del Toro. Yeah, yeah. It's, so, it's yeah, a shame. Anyway, that, it's that a shame it great. got it. Yeah, it would have been. Uh, it would have been great. At the the um, the VR demo they had for it was wonderful. But the Resident Evil Seven, I think, honestly, even if Silent Hill came out, I actually think Resident Evil Seven would have been an even better game than Silent Hill. Believe it or not, because that game was done. So very well, um, but hey, you know what? Even if even if it was something remotely close to Resident Evil in terms of atmosphere, um, I think that the Resident Evil Seven took a lot out of Silent Hill's playbook. And when they when they came up with the demo, they really studied it. Oh no question! And they and they and they saw how much the public was like, "Oh my god, this is actually really fucking creepy." And Resident Evil Seven came out and just blew everybody away. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a shame that it didn't come out, but Silent Hill 2, like you said, I'm, I'm on board with you a hundred percent. And to be honest, I didn't put this on my, this was one of my, my number 10, uh, at a list of them. And I didn't like put the on there because yeah. I figured you were going to have them on there. We're going to talk about it anyway, <laughs> yeah. but th- yeah. just because uh, in terms of genre now, if we ever had uh, a podcast where we're talking about our, our favorite horror games, uh, this would definitely oh, yeah. be in, in one or two. That's a number so. one. That's one number one for me. Uh, absolutely, yeah. That's no, number really, nine, really great game. I think. I think. Um, I think uh, that uh, you know uh, anybody who hasn't played Silent Hill two is probably the best one to play. Now the problem is two is so old now, and the controls are so clunky and outdated mm-hmm. and horrible that it's difficult. If somebody hasn't played it by now, it's not a game that you can so easily tell somebody to go play because it's so awesome and have them, yeah. you know, experience it the way that it was experienced even in the first five years of its release uh, and avoid the HD remakes because they redid voice actors and everything else. And it was absolutely atrocious. Do not do that. If you're going to play it, play the original, but a uh, very good game. If you have a chance to watch somebody play way, it way to be a hipster about it. That might be it. Yeah, no, no, the issue remix really, really bad. Like, really, really terrible. Avoid that, like the plague. But anyway, Mr. Uh, Mr. Panic, Mr. Tabeen, we're going to move on to number eight. What is in your number eight spot, my man? This game, it, it holds a very near and dear place in my heart, but it's also an extremely sad game for me. Um, oh, Andrew Kazooie. Oh, oh I know why, because we kind of talked about this the other day. Yeah, 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 that's game. Yeah, that game is- I, I didn't actually, I didn't, I, I didn't tell you guys the story, but Banjo-Kazooie, one, I'm going to talk about the game itself first. Um, it's probably one of, in my opinion, it's one of the most well-polished and well-put-together platformers ever made, especially, like, three-dimensional mm. platformer, because it's really hard to do those correctly. Like, Sonic tried, and they failed. Mario managed to do it correctly, but their games just varied a lot. Banjo Kazooie in general had everything from like puzzles all the way to jumping and platforming. And then the combat was really fun in the game, just overall. And the game was just huge. Like you can do a ton of stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and absolutely loved it. Now, the really sad part is I never actually beat the game. It's so funny like, that you, you, you have a game on, on this list that you've never beat it. It's so crazy to me. I think that I think that's like you've been so, talking about streaming and shit and doing your little like Gundam figurines, the weeaboo shit. I think you need to do Banjo Kazooie at some point and actually finish it. 
Yeah. Here's here's what happened. So I I was playing this game like to com- I was completionist. It's like one of the few games I went full completion mode on. I had everything pretty much nearly maxed out, like all the puzzle pieces and shit. I got up to the final boss fight, Gruntilda. I was like, all right, gonna do this. But you know, again, I was it's 1998. I was like 12, 13 years old. So I was just like, oh, I can't finish it tonight. All right, I'm just gonna play it some other day. You know, when I, when I don't have school or whatever. So. Weekend rolls around, super excited, absolutely pumped. I'm going to finally beat Banjo-Kazooie. Turn on the game, get a phone call. Now, this is back in the day. There ain't, like, cell phones, not quite yet. A couple of years <laughs> will be out. Uh, my dad had one, but they weren't really like, you didn't really have more than one cell phone in a household. They were like the this bricks. big and you had to plug so, it into, a, into like a Regular battery. phone rings. Yeah. Now, this was back when I couldn't multitask so well. So here I am. It's like my aunt or something calling, and she's, like, asking me questions and, like, oh, where's your mom? What's going on? How are you doing and stuff? And I'm sitting there holding the N64 controller, getting ready to load up my Banjo-Kazooie game. And I accidentally press the button that says, hey, you're going to delete. Do you want to delete your save game? And while I'm talking to my aunt, I'm completely zoned out, and I see the thing. Oh, press this button. Boom. I press oh, the button. Save no. game. Gone. Literally oh, just, no. I go dead silent when I see the save game get deleted. And my aunt's like, you okay? I'm just like, oh, no. What have I done? Oh, my God, And it, like, dawned dude. on me. I'm going to be honest, bro. I'm going to be honest, bro. I, I still to this day I would not be talking to my aunt. I'd be salty. I hold grudges. <laughs> it wasn't her just fault. Fuck that aunt. Remove her from the equation. You're fuck no that longer aunt. family. It's like <laughs> I was at like 99 percent completion on that game, uh, and that's oh, why that's I, know, so I, like, I can't uh, go back and do this all oh, again. It's just uh, not gonna happen. Uh, I'm just I like I just you, went bro. and I'm just like done. I'm done. I hurt for so you. I'm excited I for you, Galilee. Mm. Yeah, ukulele looks like it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty solid. I mean, you hope it's going to be pretty solid. But Banjo Kazooie was was so good. Banjo Tooie was also fantastic. Yeah. I think the best part about the plat, like you you touched on how good of a platformer it was or three D platformer, is that the thing that a lot of other three D platformers failed at. Specifically, I'm going to call out Crash Bandicoot for having some of the worst <laughs> ever uh, spatial. Like it's not you can't call it spatial awareness, but like. It presents you with something that makes you think you are where you are, and you're not even in the same area code. You go for a jump yeah. where you think it is, and you weren't even close, not even remotely. But Banjo-Kazooie, I mean, Mario 64 did an incredible job of that as well, but I think Banjo yeah. did it even better. But to be fair, it came out way later to, you know, than, than Mario 64. Oh, yeah, no, Banjo was late, late game N64 yeah. comparatively. So they had, a lot, they had a lot to work on, uh, you know, th- those kind of bits, <laughs> but really good. I loved all the Easter egg type stuff they had in it. Rare was such a fun the humor in the game kind of hilarious. out there. It's Rare, one funny. of the last companies before Microsoft bought them out and just fisted them into the ground. Uh, yeah. One of the last, like, what I consider true original old guard gaming companies that you know you didn't have to have something super serious like it was okay to be kind of jokey and whatever with your your whole concept so yeah fan absolutely fantastic game for sure mr black yeah what's your number eight i'm back up again already you are back up again already bro okay all right coming in at number eight uh i'm gonna have to go with Resident Evil 2. 
coming oh. in at number eight. And okay, all right. We, you know, you had you had a horror game on there, and Resident Evil Two. I had first played this on the N sixty four. Um, I remember specifically one, and I, and I hadn't really played many horror games at all. It was just kind of a new thing to me. Um, I actually can't even remember like an actual horror game that I played before Resident Evil Two. Um, mm. I didn't, I didn't play Director's Cut or um, any of that stuff oh, before. What? Um, you know, I I know I've played it and beaten it since you know oh, since then. Okay, but, but Resident Evil Two you, was the okay. introduction oh, okay. to to okay. the franchise for me, and okay. I remember um, being in the mansion. And there's a door to the left that you walk in as soon as you get in the big mansion, and then you go around a corner, you go through a little um, like dining room, and you go through another door, and then to the right, you run down this hall, and there was the boarded up windows, and I remember a zombie breaking through the boarded up windows. I was playing it. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was playing. Are you this talking shit about in- two, or because you're describing the mansion from Resident Evil One? Is it one? I don't know. But either either way, maybe I'm getting them all and mixed up. it was up. a dog. It was number... <laughs> no, I, yeah, there was a dog, too. The I dog think it happened broke through the window. I think it happened in two different two different things. I know that there was one that they smashed through a glass window, but there was a boarded up area at one point where uh, a zombies broke through, like, wood. Um, but I remember it just being a massive jump scare for me. Um, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. was, I remember sitting in my living room, I had the lights off, I was playing it and that shit happened and I screamed, I jumped and I, at that moment I fell in love with Resident Evil. I fell in love with the horror genre. Um, and that's, you know, even, it even sparked like loving horror films and everything that was mm. horror because I was young. I never really got you know, I, 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 you know, I had spooky stories told to me, and I've watched scary movies, but it wasn't something that I've, I actively went out to, you know, consume. Yeah, and after yeah. Resident Evil Two, it was, it was, I've always been kind of searching for that high again uh, of, of, of being that terrified. And the closest thing, once again, I'm coming back, which I should put it on this list. I'm coming back to Resident <laughs> Evil Seven, where yeah. it, it brought back a lot of those feelings and that excitement. Uh, of of being scared in a video game, legitimately being afraid, uh, and not only that, it was just a great game. It was just an amazing game. Great puzzles, good action. Um, you know the controls are definitely fucky right now in comparison, you know, to to what we have out these days. It's but it's back an then, early VR game. It's going to happen, right? I mean, yeah. let's be fair. Resident Evil One's controls were absolutely god awful. To be fair, all of the Resident Evil games have terrible controls. I don't think there's been one Resident Evil game that has had good controls. Some people might mm-hmm. say Resident Evil Four. I don't mm-hmm. even consider that a Resident Evil game. That's just an action plat. You know, it's an action it's a good game. game though. I like the Resident <laughs> Evil. 4. Oh, very good game. Very good yeah. game. But uh, four, four for me is when it stopped being Resident Evil and it stopped being like uh, something totally like different. Resident but regardless, Evil kind yeah. of like had an identity crisis in the middle and it just like started yeah, yeah, doing yeah. random things. Yeah. Like five yeah, and six didn't even register on my radar. Well, what happened registered, was, is registered uh, on ours cause we had to play it. The movies, <laughs> the movie, there's a movie called uh 28 days later that came yeah, out. Yeah. And fast zombies. They, they introduced the fast zombies and the movie was a small budget movie. I know this isn't about movies. And when we talk about movies, you won't get me to shut up, but it was a, it was a small budget <laughs> movie and it did Good so movie. well, and people were like ranting and raving. Like even even its predecessors weren't bad. Uh, and they they introduced that whole fast 
zombie where it's mm. almost like an infection. It's like uh, not even they kind of even got rid of the term zombie. It was it was yeah, the, yeah. Infected. the infected and and then that's and then that's when Resident Evil kind of adapted that um, um, or adopted that that premise uh, for their zombies. And it, it definitely in Resident Evil Four they did it right, um, but mm-hmm. a little bit later on I think that formula only worked for so long. Uh, but in terms of classic Resident Evil, Resident Evil Two is is a combination of a great game, scary, great atmosphere, lots of puzzles, and just a damn good time. And it was a lengthy game too. The, you know, it took you a while to to do that game and. Not not only that, mm-hmm. it had replay ability. You could play it again. Uh, it was just, I loved it. Resident Evil Two, did and two, I own did it. Two I, have, did two have different endings? Because like one had different endings, if I'm not mistaken. Did two uh, have I'm, alternate endings? I'm almost. Uh, if I, if I, if I, I don't know for sure, but I want to say that you could play different. Uh, different points of view different. from from, yeah, from different yeah, yeah, characters. Yeah. You have different things, right? So yeah. um, it definitely had replayability. You could beat it once, then play it again, and then have different experiences uh, throughout the game, which was something that was relatively new back then as well. Yeah, I um, uh, I like I like two quite a bit, but uh, unlike you, my introduction to the series was Resident Evil One Director's Cut. So for me, my favorite favorite Resident Evil is Director's Cut, um, and uh, I still remember. Uh, when Cam- it was Cameron and I played it together. Um, and that, that name means nothing to anybody but Jeff and I, but buddy of ours that we grew up on uh, the same street with. And he had the PlayStation 1, and, and, and we played that game together, and we played it, and at one point, the, the memory I attached to Resident Evil Director's Cut is um, uh, we played it in its entirety in one afternoon beat the whole thing in one afternoon and we played it while in the background on like an old ass boom box. We repeated I'm blue for the entire playthrough. So now every time I see if I, yeah, that was every time I see Resident Evil or I hear that song, I get like the opposite thing. I is have a blue house with a blue window. Yeah. I and put on my auto team right now, but it's like, not hooked up. Then I'm seeing like, oh, you were almost a Jill sandwich. Like the stupid crap that's in that freaking game. The terrible dialogue. But yeah. Resident Evil 2. Oh, super man. awesome. Very good game. You know what my number eight is, gentlemen? My number eight is Jet Set Radio Future. Mmm. Understand the concept of love, motherfucker. Love it. Love it, dude. Oh, my God. Dude, this game is... if If... If you don't know about it, then you love it. I think there's only two categories. I don't think there are people that that have played or know I of Jet know Set Radio, it. and don't yo, yo, you can't be serious. You must know about Jet Set Radio Future. I, I'm serious. I don't. I've heard about it, but I've never played oh, it. Or seen oh. it. So this is where we drop the third guy. All right, so we yeah, need to replace so now it's another a Mexican. Show, this, so one so. sec, real quick. I've got the power over here. We're just gonna. Uh, we're just gonna see just it, bro. Gonna do, see you by. I mean, it's been, this. it was fun. It's been good. It's been good knowing you. Just <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Had a good run, guys. I mean, I can I can understand if you're if you're younger if you didn't hear about it, like because it, it was even if you were there at the time, it was a it was still a relatively niche game. Like it wasn't something that was super widespread, you know. But if you knew about it, it odds are right? you really you really liked it. <clears throat> no, it was the Xbox. Yep. The original the original Jet radio was Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. For Jet Grind Radio. And then yep. Jet Set Radio Future was an Xbox release. 
and uh, one of the best game soundtracks of all time in that, and uh, incredible use of cel-shading uh, cel-shaded graphics. It's actually uh, the game that got me to love cel-shading as a graphical art style. Art style. And just a fantastic game in yeah, general. Didn't have, um, I didn't have an original Xbox. I was a Dreamcast guy. Yeah, yeah. So Jet Grind Radio would have been Grind on your either. console. Similar. Yeah, there it is there. There's Beat on the cover. Look at that. Look at that Look cover. At that. Isn't Look that, that freaking cover. dope? Fire. Isn't that a Fire. sick, Isn't that sick art? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. So there was um, there was two different versions that you could get of Jet Set. You could buy the original. Um, the most popular one and what introduced a lot of people was the Jet Set Radio Future and Sega GT Racing Combo um, that was yeah, not that was for resale. With the, with, yeah, it was just with the Xbox. It was a packaged one that you, that you yep. could get. And that was that was one that introduced a lot of people to Jet Set. Uh, an amazing game. I'm right on board with you there, Adam. In fact, if I could, th- I, I love I love our theme song that we have. But if there was any way that we could ever have the Jet Set Radio <laughs> Future as the theme yes. song of the podcast, it would. I would it, use it. Would, it. Oh my god, dude! The, the music in the game, incredible. Oh, it's so the animations good. were so well done, um, and the animations played. It played so well to the console. It was like. It was. It, it, I mean, if we look back at it now, it, it, it probably looks dated. But at the same time, it, no, it probably it's, looks it's playable. Shaded, so like, it actually, it's not bad. It's not bad. And that's it what, actually aged that was, well. was so great. That was, was so was so great about it was is they didn't try yeah, to yeah. go for these realistic um, skateboarders like say Tony Hawk or something like that. It was a cartoony. It knew what it was. It was fun. There was so much replayability for it. Uh, they mm-hmm. had it had a great single player. It had all kinds of fun other things you could do. Just an amazing game. Just oh, oh yeah, I'm I, I'm Incredible. so mad. I didn't even I'm think still, about it, bro. I'm I'm still think I'm still <laughs> waiting for somebody at Sega to wake the fuck up and go. We don't have any IP. We could probably crank out an HD remake of this and put it on the Nintendo Switch mm. and make some pretty good money off of it. Like I, I yeah. would buy a switch for I would buy a switch for an HD remake, a properly done one of Jet Set Radio Future. Uh, okay, that's a lie. I wouldn't. Yeah, I that's a lie. Yeah, no, no, I'm not about that. No, no, the switch. The switch yeah. is a giant waste of money. But that's okay. So Jet Set Radio I, Future. I, I, hey, hey, I like incredible. my switch, man. Hey, you that's a discussion you. for another Wait time because I can go <laughs> yeah, deep. Uh, I can go deep. I can oh, literally so go deep. Mandingo deep right now in a Nintendo Switch. But all the power to the ones. If you're enjoying the game, which I hear the new Zelda is amazing and it's great, and oh, yeah. I'm happy it for you, but game, fuck yeah. paying four hundred, five hundred dollars for Zelda. All right, yeah. but great, great, great <laughs> game, Adam. At Jet Set is dope. Yeah, yeah, no, very, very much. One of my, uh, one of my favorites for sure. So number seven, we're getting there. We're coming down. I'm trying to get to number five before we take our break, and we're actually on pace pretty well so far. So, yep. Mr. Uh, Mr. Tabeem, what do you got for number seven on this list, bro? I'm gonna go with Half Life Two. Um, I was going through my list. I'm gonna go with Half Life Two on it. Um, yep. Okay. I mean, that came out right when I was in my freshman year of college. Um, I don't. I mean, I played through the game, and it was just mind blowing at the time when you know you can use a gravity gun and just mess around with things. Um, just overall, like the story wasn't super memorable. The <laughs> car- you know, the, the graphics and stuff for the time were really good. I just don't know what it was about the game that struck me, but it, it wasn't just me. Like, my entire freshman dorm, I think we all ended up getting into a competition of trying to see who could beat the game the fastest, but the most thoroughly at the same time. And it was, it was I don't know. I'm just super disappointed they never finished, you know, episode three, and mm. we're probably never going to see the ending of the story. 
Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe Jeff's kids will see it someday. Who knows? It's so. It, 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 you know what? When I I came I came way late to the Half Life game, like yeah, super late. Yeah. I I heard the shit out of uh, the the first one and Blue Shift. Like when I was a kid, when I was basically just looking for games to play on my shitty PC because it had like it couldn't run anything, and uh, played like five minutes of those, and it just could my computer was crap, couldn't play it. And then uh, when, like years later, when I got an actual computer that could play games, I picked up Half-Life 2 and all, you know, Episode 1, 2, and I played through it. And uh, I I think my take on Half-Life, on the Half-Life series is I think it's a little overrated. I think Mm -hmm. that Half-Life has some of the best animations that have ever been done in a video game, period. Uh, And gameplay is just really tight also. You know, the gameplay is tight, but it was boring. It was so yeah. it was tight, yeah, but I can it see was that. There so were long stretches. So like everything felt so dragged out. It was like you took a stretch Armstrong and you wrapped that son of a bitch around the world. That's how stretched out some of that game felt. It was brew yeah, just just kept yeah, going I, and going and going. I have to agree. But yeah. but it was but it very good, very, very, very good game. Voice acting was fantastic and all that as well. Really, really mm. good stuff, but just it boring. Would I like to see it completed? Absolutely. I think it's insane that Valve never went in on it, and I don't think there's an excuse under the sun that they could come up with. Yeah. But, you know, uh, will we ever see it? Maybe after, you know, Gabe finally stops chasing the Jenny Craig dream and just kicks it. Uh, I don't <laughs> I'm know. At but the, like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm at the point where I'm at the point for Half-Life 2 where I'm like, guys, you don't have to make Half-Life 3. Hell, give me a graphic novel and tell me how the damn thing ends. It's been like yeah, what, like story. ten years now. Yeah, um, give people some I just closure. Want to know what happened. Holy shit! Like, I want to yeah. know what happened. What happened? Well, well you know, like, here's out? here's my thing: is is I played Half Life Two. Um, I think probably about a year into my my YouTube and streaming career. Um, it, people said, "Have you ever played Half Life 2? And I was like, "No." So I played Half Life Two. Um, and then there was like an a, an extra game as well, or an expansion, or something like that that I played as well. Um, episode one and episode two. Episode one, episode mm-hmm. two. Okay, so there you go. Mm-hmm. So I played, I played yeah. both of those. Um, and and you you talk about the story, but the thing is, is is and Adam kind of hit it. Um, I have to agree with them, and I, and sometimes I just like disagreeing with Adam just to disagree with Adam. But I'm I'm with them here. It's like I just don't give a shit about the story. Like I don't remember anything. Like I I there are certain scenes that I remember that uh that were wow moments. That was like wow, you know that was great. But overall, like the entire story, I don't really remember much of it. And I played it like four or five years ago. Um, it nothing really stuck to me. I agree with you that the controls were nice and tight. It was it was a it was a fun game to play. I didn't it wasn't a chore to play, but it wasn't one of those games that I woke up in the morning and I was like, dude, I can't wait to turn on Half Life Two. It was like, hey, I'm playing Half Life Two. I can you agree know, with that. Um, it, it was just one of those things. But when I was playing it, you know, the time flew by and I enjoyed the process. But uh, it definitely wasn't one of those games that made an, an imprint on me where I was like, man, it's a real bummer. We're not getting Half Life Three. Like to me, I could care less if Half Life Three came out. Yeah. I'd play it for the sake of playing it, but uh, would I be excited for it? No, I wouldn't give a shit. That's where <laughs> I'm at with I'd it. I'd say it had technical excellence, but it didn't have like that emotional impact. I, I would say, yeah, it like, was kind of it was, it was kind a technically of, excellent. It was kind game, of robotic. Was like, All right, cool. I actually, I actually think like I'm not 100 percent with Jeff on that. Like he, he's 50 50 with me here. I actually thought the story was good. I just thought the game itself dragged out. I didn't mean the story dragged. 
just the gameplay always like it just felt like I just normally gameplay has some kind of undulation to it and Mm. Half-Life had a lot of periods where I felt like I was on the kiddie train ride where it was just going around in a circle over and over again and then all of a sudden it was like I was playing Roller Coaster Tycoon and somebody just cut the track off and it threw me into a fucking chasm like that's basically (laughs) what that game was like Uh, and then it would be another period in the seventh circle of hell just another kiddie ride in a circle again uh, and over and over again so that was my gripe with it I thought the story was fine but I would just like closure for people for sure I think would be would be nice but uh mr mr black yep what do you got bro what's what's your number seven my number seven is super mario world uh this is a uh super nintendo game um i do have it over there on the wall i'm not gonna go grab it but um it is my childhood um it's a combination of it just being an amazing title um, that's one thing that Nintendo has always done. I shouldn't say always. Now let me bite my words. Um, the majority of the time when it comes to Mario games on their consoles, um, they have done a good job with them. I mean, uh, they, 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 there's, I am going to continue to talk about Mario as, as this podcast goes on, but, uh, Super Mario World was, uh, not my introduction to, uh, Mario, but it was mm. one that really, um, uh cemented me as as a gamer. Uh I remember getting the Super Nintendo for Christmas. Uh I remember when uh me and my my family we lived in a, a little two bedroom apartment um in in the Spry and I remember waking up it was Christmas morning and uh I come out I was expecting to get my my Super Nintendo and there was a box uh that was a big box and I had opened up everything, and my parents were like, you're going to save this box for last. And I figured that was, my Super Nintendo was in there. So I opened up the box, and in the box, it was like that old trick where there's a smaller box and the big <laughs> box. And then I opened up another box, there's another box. And we ended up getting down, and eventually I remember opening up, and boom, there was my Super Nintendo and Super Mario World and an extra controller. And I remember sitting down and playing this thing all day, every day. All like it was my life. Like even when I had beaten the game, I had kept playing it. I'd had friends over. I I want to show my friends, uh, you know how awesome the game was. You know I I we grew up uh, in and I know I grew up in a in in kind of a lower like lower middle class. Like it was we didn't have yeah, a yeah. lot, right? We didn't we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have anything. But one thing that my parents have always done for me, and I'm very grateful, is they always gave me basically what I wanted at Christmas time. If there was one time of the year where my parents either, and I know that now that I'm older, I know that they couldn't afford it. They probably put it on credit cards. They probably borrowed money, whatever the case may be. But I just remember every year as a child, um, it was that one time where we weren't poor and I had always got what I wanted. And it was just a magical time for me to get that. And a lot of my friends uh, were also pretty poor, didn't have money to get consoles and stuff like that. And so it was nice to have my friends over and show them this game that they couldn't have and and 
pretty much me and my buddies would always uh, go and beat the game over and over again. We'd do two player, and we, you know, even playing it for months, we would find new secrets and new areas in the game, and uh, um, uh, you know, finding finding the whole Yoshi thing and, and the and the world two part uh, when you get off the first island and you get on the second island. There was a little uh, secret Yoshi place where you can get Yoshi's. I remember discovering yeah, yeah. that like nine months into the game, and this was before you know internet and where you can look up guides, and it was just an Easter egg of awesome, and I could talk about this game forever. It's just an incredible <laughs> game. It was smooth. It the levels were were great. It was the Mario we always loved. The music, everything. It was magical. It was like Disney magic. Super Mario World. The more I'm talking about, it, the more I want to throw it up higher on my list. Uh, an amazing game. It's it's a combination of nostalgia, a great game, uh, and just uh, you know, Mario uh, Nintendo doing something. That they've always done well, and that's Mario. Can, that's can I take a game off my list and put Super Mario World on? Jeff <laughs> 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 completely Jeff's forgot about it. Like, um, you know, yo, I love it, dude. I, I love my it. childhood, man. Like the same thing. Like my cousins, um, my co- my cousins had the SNES. My brother and I had the Genesis. So they'd come over and they'd play Sonic at our place all the time. But when we'd go over. Mario World was a shit like that in Street Fighter, but like yep. Mario World by far for years we played the shit out of that game. Yep. Yeah. Uh, actually, the cousin I, just uh, got married. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Is that who it was? Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. 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 So, so when uh, for me, my experience with with Super Mario was was with Brian the end, at the end of the street. Uh, he had the Super Nintendo when uh, when we were growing up. <laughs> And yeah, I, I played I played a good amount of it for sure. I never I didn't play it all that much. I think I might have played it to completion once. Um, but I think it's it's I think if you're ranking Super Mario games, it's hard to not put that one in the top three spots, if not the top spot. Like it's hard to dismantle. Some people probably also go with Super Mario three. Uh, as a as a possible top three for Mario, and then it goes all the way to Galaxy, probably the first Galaxy or Galaxy Two, um, when they yeah when they start yeah critically dropping mm-hmm. Mario games for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but regardless, I think it's a an, a, an absolutely uh, fantastic game. Love it to death. Uh, you can play it now. It plays yep. beautifully. Graphics yep. are fantastic. No matter how you get at it, uh, aged like fine wine. It's fantastic. Really, really, really good game. Uh, I'm going to have one that guaranteed is not on either of your lists without question. And that is Lost mm. Odyssey. Ah! Lost Odyssey. Ah! I'm the Japanese RPG guy up in here. Uh, mm. yeah, so Lost Odyssey, I don't know if you got I think I'm, you I'm do, a JRPG Adam. guy. They don't make it on my list. <laughs> yeah, so Lost Odyssey, I mean, there's a whole host of Japanese RPGs I probably could have put on this list. Um... But Lost Odyssey made the list in their stead because uh, I think it it represented uh, something very important. And to me, it represented that Japanese RPGs in the traditional turn-based style are still totally fucking awesome. You don't need to reinvent... Square, if you're listening... Two things. One, fuck you for the Final Fantasy 15 DLC. I called that shit out way long ago, and here you are doing it. And two, just plain fuck you. But this game, Lost Odyssey, proves that it was it can be done and done well. And it wasn't even to a budget like a Final Fantasy game. If they had a Final Fantasy budget to produce this, 
Mistwalker could have blown this thing out of the out of the out of the water. Uh, but very good, solid, basic turn-based combat in in Lost Odyssey, kind of bringing in uh, some almost almost some Legend of Dragoon ish type deals mixed with a little Final Fantasy VIII. Remember Final Fantasy VIII with the gun blade? If you hit R one at the right time, you do extra damage mm-hmm, type stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they kind of take that in Lost Odyssey yeah, with the ring system. Quick time events. Yeah, so they do that with the ring system where you'll apply your statuses or your things with your weapons based on, you know, if you if you accurately uh, hit the button at the right time, things of that nature. Um, the story was really good. The music done by Nobuo Umatsu, the, the god himself, the man that, that scores all of the good Final Fantasies. All the Final Fantasy music that you probably know and love is done by that man. Uh, And he did an amazing soundtrack uh, for uh, Lost Odyssey. And then on top of that, I think it's it's one of the um, outside of the English dubs being absolutely terrible in in the game. The story is incredibly well done, and Kime Kime as a character is incredibly uh, good as well. And it's a mature game in that it's t- it, t- it tackles a lot of mature themes. A lot of Japanese RPGs attempt to do mature themes, and it ends up just being like, here's a talking cat, and like we're yeah. going to go that route now kind of thing, where yeah. Lost Odyssey mm-hmm. went like th- down the road of what would it actually be like if you were... Uh, like invincible if you lived forever what would what would that emotionally do to somebody if you lived for a thousand years and you watched uh your friends grow old and die and then you watched the next generation grow old and die and you travel the world and you see the events of the world unfold and no matter what happens you keep living through that entire experience what that eventually does somebody and where they end up as a as a person at the end of it all um is really well done and to emphasize that they had uh, one of the one, and an award-winning short story writer come up with a bunch of short stories that were mildly animated and stuff in the game called the Thousand Years of Dreams, and mm-hmm. uh, just by themselves, I think you can might I think you might be able to buy them separately from everything else. Incredibly well written, and more yep. importantly for us English-speaking people, incredibly well translated because a lot of times that stuff gets lost in translation. Uh, but they did a, an incredibly good job. I think I just said incredibly about 15 times describing this game. I need more adjectives. But uh, very, 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 very good game. And I spent uh, 120 hours in my first playthrough. It's got what I consider to be the hardest optional boss in any Japanese RPG. And uh, I just... Uh, I, everything. I like everything about it. It's, it's great. There's uh, there's yeah. very little I, I don't like about it. I think it's I think it's an incredible Japanese RPG. But I think the the reason why I wanted on this on the list instead of like say a Final Fantasy VIII, which is my final favorite Final Fantasy, or or Legend of Dragoon, which is another one of my top Japanese RPGs, was that I wanted to talk about the fact that Japanese RPGs don't have to reinvent the wheel to be yeah. good. People like Japanese RPGs for a reason. And and Square, who is one of the few people still making Japanese RPGs at a AAA level, needs to realize that you don't have to keep doing that shit because it, it, it does more harm than good. If Like, for example, if you watch the sales of the Final Fantasy XIII series franchise, it literally decays at a rate that's insane. It just tanked off and it just got worse and worse and worse. And uh, 15 sales over the course of it will do similar things. And then when they came, when uh, I can't remember the developer's name came out with Bravely Default. 
uh, what developer was that? I can't think of him now. But when that came out, I specifically remember Square being quoted as saying, we're, we're pleasantly surprised that somebody came out with like a, a traditional Japanese RPG and it sold so well. And everybody collectively Silicon went, well, Studio. fucking what do you know, Square? And you fuck, come on. Yeah. Anyway, that's my that's my mini rant for that. I could go for four hours on that alone, but that's okay. We've got to move on. Number six before we before we get too too heinous with the time limit right now. What you got, Tabine? What you got, buddy? I'm sorry, man. Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I mean, I I, I like um, no, I like now, Seven now and Now eight. let me let me let me explain. Um, now if we were just taking it on again, I kind of did my list holistically. Um, if we were just taking it as the core title of Final Fantasy Seven versus Final Fantasy Eight, Final Fantasy Eight would have made this list. But overall, like Final Fantasy Seven has more significance to me. Um, just one for how it was when I was younger. It was just something like the most epic thing ever. But then they had like follow up games. Um. Dirge's service was terrible, but um, mm. Crisis Core to me was also huge. Like Crisis Core is actually one of my favorite games. Um, mm. I just felt like it was too niche to be included on in my top ten, um, and I just feel like overall the Final Fantasy lore um, kind of evolved. Like, yeah, it's it's definitely overhyped for a lot of people, but it just has significance to me. I don't know why it resonated with the characters. I enjoyed it. Um, I spent a lot of time with it. So for me, you know, it might not have been the most technically excellent game, but you know, it, I don't know. It's just something about it. It just like stuck with me. And I, I felt like my list was wrong if I didn't have this on there. <laughs> I wasn't. I, was, I don't you know. know. It's I just thought, one of those things. I think I don't know. I don't know if Jeff modified it. I was expecting seven or eight to be on Jeff's list. I can't remember because I, I haven't looked in his list in a while. But I, I knew one of you two would have seven or eight on that list for sure. <laughs> I mean, sevens is sevens. A, uh, seven's the game that the like and, and people get it's a safe the, game on a list. Yeah. yeah, the longer you go, the more hipster people get about seven. They're like, nah, seven's not say, that good. Nah, Midgar the same was thing the about... shittiest opening to a game ever. Nah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we could say but the same thing game. about Ocarina of Time, bro. We could say the same thing yeah. about that game. Well, so. of course, of course. But, you know, I, I think seven's a, a really a really good game uh, as, as well. I, I think it was... Um, I mean, it's just impressive to see it was similar to like a game that we're almost guaranteed going to be talking about with Jeff here, Mario 64. I'm 150% sure that's on his list. But uh, it was like when you went from the jump from from the, the, the Sega Genesis Super Nintendo era and you jumped into this next era with the PlayStation and the Xbox and you saw you know, you went from Final Fantasy VI, which by the way was also a dope game. Amazing. And then Amazing. you then you jump in yeah. to seven and just like your mind went and you saw those yeah. CG scenes at, at Midgar in the beginning, and you're like, Oh god, Shinra do me. Like there's just so much awesome in the beginning. And then you played Midgar and you wanted to kill yourself. But then you got out of Midgar and it was okay. So, you know, it was it was fine. You just need to get out of that first that first area and everything was okay. But Sephiroth is one of the greatest hey, man, bad guys si of all time. Oh yeah. Yep. Six, seven, I'm eight, there. and ten were all good Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Mr. Black. What you got, bro? Uh we're on number six. We're on uh, number six, yeah. Number six, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, well, since we've already talked about it, I'm going to go ahead and say Final Fantasy VII. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm right there. Surprise! Uh, I didn't have a chance to talk about Final Fantasy VII. I'll make it super quick, but uh, Final Fantasy VII is what turned me into an RPG lover. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was such a huge leap in terms of uh, graphical, like you said earlier. Uh, it was just seeing those CGI moments where you're just like, oh my god! How many times have we seen uh, the summons? come out and do their whole CGI bit, and you could watch it over and over and over again and not get mad at it. Um, It was just, it was amazing. The characters, Cloud is one of my favorite characters of all time. The Buster Sword is iconic. I will eventually own one, a replica of some sort. Um, I I love through a TV? I would. Uh, Red 13, (laughs) uh, Barrett, uh, Sethroff. I mean, the characters are the best, in my opinion. The characters are the best pack of characters ever in a video game, ever. And I mean, I could put Final Fantasy VII up higher on my list, but I'm not going to because we just talked about it. Um, But you're right. I have played the game several times. I played it a couple times as as a teenager, and I have even played it uh, recently as an adult. Um, I wouldn't say recently, a few years ago. Um, and you're right, it does age. Um, and there are uh, there's a lot of reading in it, but the thing is, is the story's great. Uh, it does drag on at certain points. Um, it's it's not technically the, the 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 perfect game, but in terms of it just changing the industry and just it's Final Fantasy there's a VII. Reason what why, more can there's we a say? Reason I mean, there's a reason why people have, for the longest time, asked for a 7 remake. You know, you hear about other games you know, being asked to do remakes, but 7 is, you know, less so in the last, like, three years, which is, you know, ironically when Square Enix decided to finally, like, bite the bullet and do it. Uh, but this, you know, there's a reason why people ask to have it redone, and I don't even want to start yeah. about that remake, because I will yeah, actually... Yeah. Yeah, we've gone at it before. My, my heart will stop. We'll have a whole uh, other cast about watch, that one. Yeah, it's gonna be game over. So that, yeah, that, yeah, I could fill up we'll a whole, a whole podcast just, that. just dumpstering Square Enix. Final Fantasy Seven, guys. There it is. There it is for me. There it is. Good stuff for sure. Uh, fantastic game. What do I got? Uh, I think we're getting to the point where I have to like decide where I want to shuffle some of these into this into the into this list. Um. Oh man. You know what? I will go. I will go. I will go with this. I think the, the order for the rest of this is relatively close. Anyway, I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say because it will be quick and we can move on to uh, Shadow of the Colossus, which we already talked about way in the beginning. Um, yep. But Shadow of the Colossus for me, even though I've already said my piece, I'll just summarize it again real quick. Uh, I don't think anybody has done scale quite like Shadow of the Colossus. I don't think anybody has done um, has gone outside of the regular video game formula as well as Shadow of the Colossus in a long time in terms of, uh, you know, not utilizing the, the same gameplay loop over and over again that many other adventure games uh, fall victim to. I think it's just an incredible game with an incredible soundtrack and just the right amount of story to make you think about what might, you know, the rest of it be. It gives you, you know, that imagination churning similar to a Silent Hill type deal. And artistically, I think it's one of the prettiest games that, that's ever been uh, put together. Uh, as well, so I won't go into because we've already talked about Shadow, but definitely yep. uh, one of my uh, one of my favorites for sure. Picnic, we're moving quick. We're on to number five. We're in the top five now. We're going to do this one, and then we're going to go to break. So we've got we've got five around the table. What's yours? Ocarina of Time. Um, actually, um, I'm it's I'm gonna again. Ocarina of Time's on the list right now, but it's going to very quickly go off as soon as I finish Breath of the Wild and be replaced by <laughs> Breath of the Wild um, in the slot. Um, it's Again, like, 
I know Jeff's like shaking his head, but and it, it's definitely I can see it being an overrated game. But for me at the time, and especially for what the N sixty four could do, it was an exceptional game in my opinion. In, in that it had a lot of technical excellence, the game design and the game setup is was just for lack of a better word, divine. It was like very well put together. The mechanics were fun. You can go through and you can do a variety of different things and just have an all around good time. Like I don't know. It it it's listen, one of those games that just kind listen, of stick with you again. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> Jesus, fuck me. But yeah, no. But um, probably within the next month or so, Ocarina of Time's coming off the list to be replaced by Breath of the Wild because Breath of the Wild is literally Ocarina of Time on steroids and crack and all the other drugs that hype you up. That's so, black tar um, heroin. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, yeah, well, I wouldn't I'm, have any experience with that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hate on it. Um, you know, I I never got into the game as a kid. In fact. Um, I was almost going to replace one of my games that my next one that's coming up, um, with, uh, Zelda, uh, Link to the Past for, uh, the Super Nintendo, which I think is one of the mm. the greatest games made of all time. And Fantastic whenever, game. whenever Fantastic I buy a, a handheld console, whether it's, uh, a Game Boy Advance, a, a Game Boy 3DS, a Game Boy, whatever, I'm always looking for Zelda, uh, Link to the Past because it was... It's it's the, in my opinion it's the goat of Zelda games and I'm very biased because I never really gave Zelda much of a chance after that. Um, I was the type of guy that always thought Zelda was Link and I didn't even know that Zelda wasn't Link until <laughs> about five years ago when somebody tried to get me to play Ocarina of Time and I got to the part where you actually meet Zelda and yeah. I go what the fuck this is Zelda I was like I was so confused and the whole chat was like dude. You didn't know that this shattered. is Link, and I think that's I think that's partly <laughs> because Zelda of, was a girl, Jeff. Uh, Zelda, sorry, of course, the, 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 you know. But the thing is, it's still like Samus is a girl, right? He just didn't. I just didn't know, and I think it was mainly because um, the marketing for it was really poorly done. Um, the Zelda, you know, they always say Zelda, 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 and they show Link. They show Link. They show Link, and uh, I was one of those filthy casuals that um, just didn't get into uh, Zelda. So I'm, I'm at fault, but I tried to play Ocarina of Time. Um, I can appreciate why people think it's the greatest game ever made. Uh, it definitely, if I had experienced it as a kid, it, it's kind of like a Final Fantasy VII in, in the same ways of it, it revolutionized gaming. Um, it, it was a combination of great storytelling, um, uh, an awesome characters, and just wonder and awe. There's so many cool things uh, in Zelda, but it just, in my opinion, it it didn't age all that well. Um, it it doesn't play all that well, and I just think it's overrated. I just do, and I'll have a lot of people that'll agree with me, and I'll have a lot of people that'll disagree with me. But I can totally get and see why people think that it is the greatest game of all time, and I can't hate on it. But um, it's one of those things where I don't think anybody that plays it in the last ten years can can honestly say. Uh, for the first time, that it's the greatest game ever made, or or on the top. I, I you know, it, maybe they can, but it translated surprisingly well. Um, it, the, when they released the 3DS version of it, I was surprised. It translated extremely well to a mobile game. Mm. Like back then, yeah, it was definitely a full console game. Nowadays, it you're right, it doesn't quite hold up because it plays much better as like a mobile game of this of this generation mm-hmm. than I would say a full console game. Yeah, it's a good yeah. choice. I'm not I'm not hating on it. I just couldn't yeah. get into it. 
Oh. Uh, my number five that's is fair, the same fair. game, just to package this together. So it makes it make it a little easier here, um, coincidentally. But so Ocarina of Time for me, um, I think, I think personally, I find it be one of the uh, of the best games. Uh, here, here's the here's the problem. I know Jeff touched on on this with people calling it not just one of their favorite games or one of their top tens, but like one of the greatest games, if not the greatest game of all time, which it gets tossed around as frequently on the oh, internet yeah. Oh, yeah. as the greatest yeah. game ever played or ever yeah. made, I should say. So um, the 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 trick the trickiness and and you know my favorite game journalist Jeff Gerstman talked about this in a podcast years ago when somebody asked him what his what's the best game of all time and he his answer is pong because because when you say the what's the best game of all time everything is in this microcosm you know this little this little time capsule bit when a game is released so much of its impact is based on the time in which it's released and what it does to the game industry at the time of its release and so if you do that you know and you have to 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 put a game in the top greatest uh, no objectively not subjectively it has mm-hmm. to because otherwise we're only going to be picking games from the last fucking 5 years and then mm-hmm. a scant few games that that operated in a 2D 2D space where once they mastered the 2D space over the course of 20 plus years that they had in it that they mastered that that uh, you know the two dimensions and then you get games like Legend of Zelda and and some of the other 2D classics that that we got to enjoy at that point, right? So when you do that, then Pong by like de facto becomes like the greatest game of all time, and it, and it kind of sounds funny, but in in that regard, it has to be at that point because it it's what kind of started the whole the whole thing. But for Ocarina of Time, I think that's why so many people conjure you know Ocarina of Time's name when they talk about the greatest of all time is because when it was released, it wildly changed. Uh, the 3D plat, not even. I mean, it's a 3D platform adventure. It's like a mu- It was one of the first games that started bringing in more than two genres, yeah. right? Like for a long time, it was, games had like a specific genre. Then you had like two genres, and now at this point where we are in 2017, you can't even really put a genre on anything. There's like 15 different genres crammed into one game. Uh, but it was one of the first to really combine uh, more than a, a couple and do it extraordinarily well. And the Z targeting system by itself makes it one of the greatest games ever made because it wildly changed how everything in that 3D space was handled moving forward in gaming. Uh, I think the soundtrack is one of the greatest soundtracks of all time in that game. Uh, and obviously graphically, oh my God, nothing on the Nintendo. Nothing on the 64 graphically holds up. Zero games on that console hold up simply by the fact of how the games are drawn. Nothing holds up. There's like six fucking triangles that make up everything in every one of these games. And some of them, while they look good, it's not like they hold up miraculously. It's not like you can do like a a sprite work in in Super Nintendo where everything looks dope because it's sprite work. You're talking about, it's like, look at Final Fantasy VII. Everybody always t- jokes about where the hell is Cloud's elbow? It doesn't exist because it's two triangles meeting at some, like, approaching zero <laughs> width, right? It's just, it was the, the, you know, what was available to them at the time. But I think, uh, I think for me personally, for Zelda, it was, um, you know, my attachment to it, when I think of Ocarina of Time, I think about the first time I'm on the bridge with Saria 
and and she passes me the ocarina and I'm hearing the music and everything and that was a really awesome moment for me and then to walk out into Hyrule Field and hear the ding 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 and then the the Hyrulean Field music kicks in and it's like ding ding and you were like I was hooked like phonics just bitch give me more of this game I want all of it and and I don't think fishing. that there's a lot that I can oh yeah fishing for sure bro uh, I don't think there's yeah. a lot that I can pick on that game. And honestly, despite the fact that it, it has not aged remarkably well in in terms of graphics and and some people might argue controls, but I can map it through a 360 and it plays like sex, <clears throat> is the game... Uh, the game doesn't have really anything wrong with it. There's almost nothing that you can pick on it for except for Navy or Navi or whatever you want to call it going, Hey, Hey, listen, Hey, listen, which I think everybody, you know, some people might have liked that, but I I think, I think most people were like, after a while, they're like, all right, you were cute when we were a child back in Kakariko village. Now you need to shut the fuck up. Zip it. But you never got to tell her that really. So it's unfortunate, but super, uh, super, super good game. I actually, fun fact, before we move on uh, and go to break, I just want to talk about how close for me it was to put Majora's Mask in here in replace of Ocarina of Time. Those two games for me are so neck and neck because in the in the Zelda franchise, it um, in the Zelda franchise, they they represent two very different games, but they were both done so damn well. Uh, and and they still played to the the theme of uh, of Zelda so well, and I almost gave it to to Majora's Mask, but uh, I, I stuck because I'm a pleb. I stuck with <laughs> I stuck with Ocarina uh, of Time. But you took the easy very route out, bro. Well. They're very similar. Ga- they're very similar games, but they are executed very differently, which was interesting yeah, yeah. to see. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so we've got we've got our our number four through one coming up, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, we're gonna let the uh, the uh, the guys here. We're gonna go and and use a little boys' room. Whatever we need to do, get some water, uh, take More a beer. quick break, and or a beer. I'm, yeah, if you want to re up on that. You got empties, got to get some more of that uh, that brewski in you for St. Patty's Day. We'll be right back. We're going to take a five-minute break, uh, and then we will uh, continue, guys. So uh, sit tight. Thank you so much for joining us. Sadicity. Hey, guys. If you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up this Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provides you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Like fancy badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch to get access to, well, badges and stuff. Not big on subscriptions? We have a button below that allows you to directly throw money at our faces. Carefully don't take those eyes out, though. We are so very fond of our eyes. Honestly, though, while we like to joke about the cello, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Please, for the love of God, tell me my microphone is not crackling on XSplit because I muted my mic and I forgot because I did it out of habit. Please, God, please, God, please. We're gonna we're gonna assume it's okay for now. You're good. Okay, good. 
<laughs> I, when I did it, when I, as soon as I pressed it, I, I went internally, I went, oh no. That blue moon over here. <laughs> okay, Wait, all right. Can? So can. What, I, what I decided to do for the last ones is, um, unlike you plebs, I actually, <laughs> I actually own every single game on my list. I don't just talk the talk. I walk the walk. <laughs> every single game on my list, I own. So I you know, most, I, actually, I own every I single one on this list too. Yeah, I actually, think I still have all of mine. I just don't have them I'm readily available to, to talking, me in some god tier million dollar. I live back in a little shelf. box in the city. All right, I can't store yeah. everything here. Like I can't have a I'm wall just, of games. I, I, I got my nerd thing. I'm just poor. <laughs> Uh. All right. So we ready? We ready to get this going? We had our I first. Think, I think our first think intermission. We're, we're back. Rolling. You know, we've only had Jeff a few hiccups. Did you, did you see? Did you see the sellout video, Jeff? I didn't. No. Did you see it? No. no oh I man, I managed to make it happen today. I made it. I, I made it. I made it work. Oh, no, you made it happen. You're shamelessly plugging yeah. the Patreon, yeah. which, yeah. by the way, we have happen. an insane amount of money already. So thank That's you, everybody. Just insane. I haven't even looked to see if it's changed yes. tonight. I'm scared. I don't want to no. do it. I'm actually so scared. I'm trying to touch nothing on my computer. Like I don't even want to like move the mouse. <laughs> we'll save it. We'll save it till the end. Yeah. So we'll what save number it we the on, end. man? What's going on here? What, we're on number uh, four, bro. We're number on number four. four. Yeah. We're we're making we're making headway. We're into the good stuff now. This is where it's probably gonna like we're gonna end up Ooh. talking more and more about like some of these ones as we move down the list. Um. So, uh, panic. I believe you're up. I believe it is your time to shine. Number four. Yeah, number four. Things what do they you probably got? should have done during the break? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is where it gets tough. Um, yeah, for sure. I'm going to have to throw down with uh, Diablo 2. Um, just out of the games I have left on my list, um, Diablo mm, 2 that's is probably a pretty the good least game. of them. Mm. Yeah. Um, I wish they made another Diablo after Diablo 2, but, you know, that's... <laughs> what a shame that they <laughs> never went back to that. What a, what a shame yeah. they never went back to that franchise. Such a wasted Such intellectual a property. <laughs> I know. Um, I wasn't, like, I wasn't super hardcore into Diablo like everyone else was, where they're still playing it, like, 10, 20 years from now. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I did play it for a couple of years, um, and honestly, for me, it was just, like, I played Diablo 1, like, when it came out, and it was, like, one of my favorite games. And then Diablo 2 was just... It was, like... You, you thought you knew how to see color, and then all of a sudden they like give you like HDR, and you're like, oh shit, this is <laughs> wow, incredible. this is what the outside looks like. <laughs> there's like five classes, there's like skill trees and shit. Oh my god, and now there's multiple towns. Oh my god, <laughs> and uh, it's it just like. <laughs> Um, and honestly, like it, it, I sunk a lot of time into it, um, and it's one of the games that it's one. It, it does what Blizzard does best. They take they take a genre and then they optimize the shit out of it, and they make a really good game. Um, I don't know why they haven't decided that you know we're going to double down and we're going to make Diablo three. I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but you know what? At least they you know if I can it, say if, if it does, Diablo's I think a lot of people would be hands. excited about Diablo three. I think I think people would yeah. be really on board yeah. uh, for sure. Uh, I think it would it would do gangbusters. No, I, Diablo, I, I Diablo remember is good stuff. Yeah, I remember yeah. Adam, um, Adam and I playing a lot of Diablo. Um, it was one of those. We I mean, did, we played yeah. a lot of Blizzard games, but I played a lot yeah. of Diablo and Diablo two. I played a shit ton. I remember duping items, uh, all all yeah. kinds oh, of fuckery yeah. I used to do in that game. 
Uh, it was such just a fun mechanically game. Mechanically very satisfying. Yeah, it was like, you know, for some reason, like, Blizzard games are probably not going to like me too much for saying this, but Blizzard games, like, I think I went out and bought every Blizzard game and then burnt a copy of every Blizzard game about a million times over on oh, absolutely. a four-hour street. Well, you can spawn them and stuff. They have the spawn copies and stuff. Okay, mm-hmm, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I used to give, we used to, like, I remember like, back in the day, uh, we used to, like, share CD codes and, like, all this other stuff. Yeah, and they yeah. got smart with it where you only could register one CD code and all this other stuff. But <laughs> yeah. a lot of nostalgia playing Diablo 2, I ain't mad at all that it's on your list. Um, it didn't even come to my mind when, I, when I'm thinking about it, but um, <laughs> it's it's definitely would be in my top 20 for sure. Oh yeah, very yeah, very very good game. I I uh, it's 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 sad that the one the thing I remember most is us item duping in that game and rushing to the bottom like that was <laughs> yeah. like it's sad that. But I I guess everybody enjoys games differently, and for us we had the most fun doing that mm-hmm. and rushing to the bottom. That's where we got our kicks out of Diablo two, and yeah. uh, I think it's man. I think it's still yeah I think I think it's still a beautiful game i think it actually holds up really well especially since there's been this kind of renaissance of that genre uh now like everybody's doing like poe and stuff which i think is poe the one that just has like a new one that just released yeah Mm -hmm. poe is pretty much like is like if they had made a sequel to diablo 2 they kind of like updated it a bit and they made like a more expansive more modern version of the game um, Diablo 2 yeah, is like yeah. the bar I hold for like action RPG like Torchlight is really good and Path of Exile is really good and I like yeah. when I play them I'm like you know this compare this plays comparably to Diablo 2 and I, I get good feelings when I play it like it's like it's cool yeah yeah no definitely definitely good game and the music in Diablo 2 was so damn good oh my god I have oh the Lostless god, it's so like good. soundtrack it's just a damn good it. game, it's amazing. Man. Like I'll listen to it sometimes. Oh, yep. it's fucking. It. What a shame they never did Diablo three. Hopefully they do in our lifetime, boys. <laughs> Hopefully that. <laughs> Warcraft four, Diablo three. Diablo three, Warcraft four. You know, maybe it will happen someday. Um, yeah, Mister Black, what did you got in the four spot? Uh, number this four. It's getting tough now. Number four is getting tough, but you know what, man? I, I, I have my I have my top I actually found my top five easier to do than my ten to five. Uh if that makes any that's sense. That's fair. Yeah, no, yeah. that's fair. It, I mean it, there's more games towards the top end of the list than there would be at the bottom. So coming in at number whoa, I'm on number four. Yeah, bro, number four, bro. Oh, yeah. Okay, number four. Okay, that's right. Number four here, I'm going with Super Mario. Three. Hey, there's a there damn good is. game. Damn good game. Super Mario Three. Game. For those listening on, um, you know, just SoundCloud or wherever, mm-hmm. or you know, Patreon. You can't see this, but I'm holding up. I have all my games. I'm holding this up. I actually got this complete in box. Um, Super Mario Three is, in my opinion, one of the greatest games ever made, and I think a, a lot of people will agree. Um, it's better in my once again, in my opinion, it's better than Super Mario World. It's better than. Um, uh, there's one, there's one other Mario. It's not as good as, uh, yeah. but the, Super Super Mario Three is a two player Nintendo experience like no other. I mean, just mm. looking at this damn cart, it is it's so nostalgic. I mean, I remember yeah. the the big world where you're you're everybody's huge. Yeah, you know, yeah. you got you know the Bowser fights at the end on the ship. Um, you know, the game was repetitive, but it there was there was a theme like the desert getting getting the fly the your your wings and flying talk, up though? through label, talk, uh, levels. Fuck that sun. 
<laughs> the sun that just circles around and like swings oh, through and it comes you? and hits you. Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. Kind of friggin', what kind of freaking sun is that anyway? The shit's coming down from the heavens. That's terrifying. Sun coming down from the heavens trying to kill it's- you? It is. You know what that this was? That was, that was an analogy. That was Japan. That was Japan telling us to wear lots of sunscreen and use an umbrella. That's what. That's what they were telling us, man. Don't avoid the sun. Just an amazing game. I, I could sit here and talk about this forever. And I think if there's any, I mean, if there's young people that watching this right now, if you're like 20 years old, you may have never played this game. Um, and but the thing is, is I can honestly say a lot of these games kind of like. Uh, and once again, this is subjective, but kind of like Ocarina of Time or Final Fantasy mm-hmm. VII, mm-hmm. and and you said mm-hmm. this before about you know uh, 2D and 3D and all this other stuff. I can say without a doubt, if you've never played Super Mario 3 before and you plug it in and you go and play it today, you'll have a good time. And it is mm-hmm. just, it is just an amazing game. Uh, I I and I'm a Nintendo hater now. I've become a jaded Nintendo two well, D really really good two D platformers age better than almost any other genre that exists. In fact, it's probably yeah. the one genre that that ages better. Period. I don't think there is another genre that does better. So yeah. when it's done really well, like Super Mario three, you can play that fifty years from now. It's still going to be a damn good game. Yeah. Beat Flat it so out. many times. There it is. Number four. Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think three is probably my 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 number one Mario game. If I chose one, if I had to like pick my top Mario game for that one, yeah, I I think I think three is my favorite. Despite the fact that it's one of the, one of them that that I haven't beaten fully, I always got to the very last stage oh, and I really? got wrecked by the damn tough, last man. stage over and over again. It's, it's tough. One, I think it's one of the hardest last stages in gaming. Honest to God, is yeah. that is, is that last <laughs> stage in Mario three. Um, but I, I just loved everything about three. And the thing that, oh, that the one mechanic that always, uh, I think of is, um, you know, back before the internets back before, uh, you know, uh, uh, who, That's a thing. what's the, what's the joke? No, what's the joke? Who is it that's supposed to have invented the internet? Al Gore or whatever back, back Al Gore. Yeah. Back before Al Gore invented the, the series internet. of tubes. <laughs> Back before a series of tubes were put together by Al Gore (laughs) to create the internet, Uh, you know, I didn't didn't have Nintendo Power as a magazine or anything like that. When I discovered that I could hold down to go behind the white blocks in Mario 3, (laughs) I just about lost my mind. That was one of the greatest things ever. Um, I I just... uh, everything about that game was so was, was so damn good. The flutes and everything, and skipping the levels and and all the yep. secrets. You know, three definitely I think was the precursor for for how they decided that they wanted to put so many secrets in Super Mario World when that came around. Like when you when you look at the original Mario, yeah, there's some hidden stuff, but you could see how they were kind of building up and how they used it as a theme in Mario games, where you expected there to be secrets. You expected yeah. there to be, uh, you know, these hidden things that, like you said, Jeff, nine months deep into yep. this thing, you f- randomly found like the the stage where you can just get one of a thousand Yoshi's, like that kind of yep. deal. They um, don't make games like that anymore. No, not even Nintendo makes games like that anymore. So yeah. it's it's yeah. you know it, yeah. it's it's a rare thing to come by. So definitely my my top Mario game, but very good choice, very good choice for that number four. Uh, my number four, oh man, mine's gonna be mine's. One's going to be so funny. People are going to be like, what the fuck? Oh, okay. boys. 
because uh, because mine's really now this the, the top games for me. If I picked a number one game, it'd be wildly different. If it was objective, but these are all games that now just mean something to me personally. My number four is missed. Um, not just not just missed just not just, I, I couldn't just say only missed I actually listed on on the Google Plus page the series um, missed, like, oh, missed Riven so missed missed Riven well there's a reason too. for it so missed Riven uh, missed Exile uh, missed 4 I can't think of the name of uh, like if they had a, a it wasn't End of Ages or anything like that. I think that was 5 but anyway for for me, so when I first played Myst, uh, I was young. Uh, I can't remember how old I was, but um, Dad and I played that together. It was the first game that I ever played with, like with my dad. When I was when I was younger, I played games with mom. Aww. I played Duck Hunt. I played Duck Hunt with mom. Like mom, but yeah, mom was a friggin' eagle eye. I was like that bitch with my gun up against the fucking like TV <laughs> the whole time. Mom was in the back of the room sniping shit, but I couldn't do anything. So. Uh, so dad and I played Mist together and, and it was good that we did because I was young when we played Mist. Mist is not a game you play when you're like 11 years old and you just smash. Like that just doesn't happen. So I had a did lot. You, uh, did you get like the hard copy with like the notebook and everything? Oh yeah. I had, I had the original stuff. Yeah. I don't have it anymore <laughs> because it got yeah. lost in a, in a, in a package of stuff yeah. that were at my parents' place. But we had the, the notebook and everything and dad and I wrote notes for puzzles and we figured it out yeah. together. He'd get some stuff. I'd get some stuff. He would help me kind of find solutions. He wouldn't just answer everything for me. Uh, and it gave me a love for the puzzle adventure genre. And, uh, bonding, and bro. With, you had some bonding yeah, with, time with your old man. Uh, within, within, that, within that genre, puzzle adventure, I think Mist Out does pretty much everything else. Um, I think Ribbon is the best game for puzzle yeah. adventure that's ever made. But yeah, I put Mist just because of the, of the series. But... That was, you know, I have so much emotional stuff tied to that because it was bonding with the old man, kind of kind of thing. And it what ga- it's what gave me that love for the genre. The music also fantastic. And when you played on the computer and they did the pre-rendered scenes, you know, every one of the scenes was just pre-drawn. It wasn't rendered in real time. So graphically speaking, it looked so damn good. Everything was incredible. I mean, you look at it now and you're like, what the hell is that? But back then, you looked at that pre-rendered <laughs> scene, especially yeah. one. I mean, you go to Riven, Riven, everything Riven and Beyond looks insane even now. Yeah. But yeah. the original Mist is rough. But you look at it back then. They did like, a remake oh of that too. They did a they did like like an HD. They did like Mist something. I can't remember what the the one was before. Then they did like, like Real Mist or whatever. Three D Mist. They did a bunch of different original Mists. Mm-hmm. Um. But just the pre-rendered scenes look so damn good. The music was great. The story was incredible. The thought of being able to, as a, you know, it was like a literal analogy for for a, a writer who sits down to write a book, and they're creating a world when they're writing this book. But in Mist, it was like it was reality. They were mm-hmm. physically writing in a language that allowed them to create a world uh, and people in that world. And and the thought of that was really fantastic and the, the the story that they they wrote around that concept was really good and even the books the missed reader that you can get now which is all the books that that Rand miller put together uh is a, a really good read and if you guys have ever played mist or 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 have a passive interest in it even as the storyline definitely pick that up it's a it's a an excellent read um but yeah one of my one of my favorites ever and i think riven is by far the best puzzle adventure game ever made um it's it's incredible i go on and on about mist forever 
but the majority of it is that spending time with dad and mm-hmm. and figuring stuff out with dad and 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 because for dad and I, all of our bonding time was over building stuff together. You know, dad literally could build something from the ground up. Doesn't matter what it is. He's literally, you know, you could do anything. Uh, it was nuts for me as a kid. And so spending all my time with dad building things, that was all it was. But my hobby was gaming. I never, so the only time that those two things ever intersected for the longest time was missed. So I've got like a seriously, I mean, I bought, Jeff saw it here the other day. I have, I have limited prints, 150 runs signed by Rand Miller now uh, that are on museum print uh, stuff of artwork for the game and stuff. I think Mist is fantastic. Definitely go and do it. Maybe skip the original because it's a little rough. Play Riven. And if you think you're smart, play Riven. It might make you feel stupid, but if you beat it, you're going to feel like a genius. There's my number four. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and also my my number. I know he said number four, but that was actually my number five because I still have. Oh, okay. I, I still have four four other games. Oh, oh okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I we might, just kind of cheating. cheating. You skipped did my I number skip five one? before we went to break. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm dude. pretty sure. I thought, yeah. I, thought no, I was the last no. one every single time, so I thought right. I thought we'd done that. <laughs> All right. It's all right. It's we got all right. you, bro. We got you, bro. Well, what's what's next on your? Do, on, do we uh, want to go on, to Jeff uh, and do his number four? Yeah, we'll do number four now for Jeff, and then we'll go to to to, to Bean. So what what do you okay. got? What did we skip? Yeah. Uh, okay, so my number four is once again a game that I own, complete in box, and it is I don't give a shit what anybody. I, I, you know, I will argue to the death if there is anybody that'll tell me that there is a better multiplayer no, shooter job. locally that you could play with <laughs> your friends. If you, any real gamer, any real oh, hardcore so gamer that is so our good. age or even a little bit younger remembers playing 007 Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the N64 with all their guys, it was an event. And I'm sure there's plenty of people on here right now that can say, you know what? I was that guy that hosted these parties. Four guys would come over. We would take turns. We would just be going crazy. We would say nobody can use odd job. You know, it was it was we do golden guns only. We would do all. I mean, I can't even. And even though, even though. Perfect Dark, in my once again, in my opinion, was a better technically game. Better. Technically, a better yeah. game. It still, to the nostalgia, the the fact it was it was it was James Bond, the characters, yeah. the levels. It was. It's one of those few times that a game, a lesser of a game, was actually the better of a game. And Perfect Dark was an amazing, as amazing game and underrated as hell. And I don't even know if it's mm-hmm. underrated. I think people really do appreciate it. But but they have this bad boy overshadowing them all the time. Yeah. And yeah. GoldenEye <laughs> single player was great, but it was all about the multiplayer. Uh, it was. I, that's it, man. Just 007. Want, 007. You want to know the crazy thing about the multiplayer? It was coded by one guy as an afterthought. They yeah. were like, we need to was really have multiplayer Love? in this guy's game. Guy's a god. That guy's a god. I think it might have been. It might have been. Like one of the guy like one of the guys on the team like was told we need multiplayer, so he figured it out and it was like incredible. There's so much Just, I could talk about. <laughs> like, I mean, he figured it out well until it was four player on the complex and then it was like six and a half frames a second, then it got a little real. But you know, other than that, it was absolutely 
and incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys, the guys come over. I still play that shit. Yes, like we four yes. I oh. got. I went yes. on Kijiji. Somebody was giving away an old Sony uh, Trinitron like tube TV. I got that upstairs. I hauled that four hundred pound monstrosity downstairs to hook my N sixty four into, and we huddle around it and eat pizza and drink beer and yes. play the play Goldeneye and. And it's the same thing every time, and we don't care. It's we go to facilities, proximity mines, first game mm. every single time. It. it is Love a race it. to the bathroom to kill the poor bastard that spawns in the friggin' vents every single time. It's a race uh, to get your hands on a, on a, on a DD44 uh, um, uh, revolver, it's or not like revolver, pistol. a pistol. It's like a pistol, like yeah, yeah. It's like a thick yeah, it's pistol. Yeah, p- the pistol. Uh, we, we then move on to, um, to pistols only in the library. Then we move, uh, like when, back in the day when we, we played it every weekend golden back gun. in high school, uh, we never played golden gun, but we play license to kill in every, in everything that we play. There is no, <laughs> except for one, except for one. So the one time that we didn't was back in high school. We played this every single weekend. Uh, the king, the guys come over and the last one that we played before we went, everybody went home and it lasted like two hours was we played slappers only maximum health mm. on Aztec. Oh the, biggest map, the biggest I map, the longest, like it would be <laughs> guys Aztec. running in circles, fucking slapping each other for like 45 minutes trying to kill somebody. Cause it took so long and it would be like, you know, you're strategically trying to like team up with another guy without chopping him. Like you're trying to, and it would just be the dumbest match. Or we call it the Iron Man match because you had to actually fitting. like you. It was it was absolutely yeah, it was fitting. But that game, the proximity mines when you said that, dude. Oh my god! Like I want to just play. I want to hook up an N64 right now and play 007. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Good. Like I, I'll literally so fight people on the streets if they try and tell me that the, the 007 is not the best first person shooter okay. local multiplayer of all time. You know what we also had? So I we got had grounded. this is this I got is, grounded this is another, Goldeneye. Uh, dude, my parents took Goldeneye away from me and put it in a closet oh, yeah. for a year until I convinced yeah. them. I was I but I but but what I did okay, so I have a story, another goal I have so many Goldeneye stories, but I'm gonna tell this one because this is our top four and I don't care if it takes a little extra time. So so back in the day in high school when we played this game every every single weekend and we had a bunch of dudes come over to play this, we'd swap, you know, people in and out, whatever. Uh, we had, I had this, who got the Mac controller? Uh, Oh, I didn't have it. I know. Oh no. Uh, I had the sidewinder stupid one. That was like the ugliest thing ever. uh, Terrible. But anyway, so we, I had a blanket, um, that we stored like Jeff would remember, like the guys would, if we went golfing or whatever, everybody would sleep at my place because I had a big room that everybody slept in and I had a bunch of blankets and pillows that guys could like borrow whatever while they were over there. And these blankets were filthy because they got like pizza on them and like ketchup and whatever condiments at the time didn't matter and there was this one blue blanket that had this big ass white splot on it that was donaire sauce but obviously Mm. that because we were in high school that's not what we called it it was donaire sauce right and so uh it was like it was like fun I, to this day, I have no idea how old that sauce was on that blanket. It was old as hell. But we kept it oh, off to the side when we played Goldeneye. And whenever whenever somebody... Uh, there was conditions that you had to lick the blanket. Ooh. All right? And the conditions, the conditions were, if you got killed by a slapper in License to Kill, which was every single thing that we played, you had to lick the blanket. If you got killed by a Cougar Magnum, you had to, because that gun was so freaking terrible, you had to lick the blanket. 
Uh, and uh, and if uh, if 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 you had a club and somebody slapped you to death when you were using the club, you had to lick the blanket because you as the club. I don't know how many people played the game long enough. The club shot so slowly and awkwardly, and the club is named after Ken Lobb, the guy who was part of the development team. So if you didn't know this already, you could actually like S curve and like and and C C button strafe through the bu- through the bullets. Like if somebody shoots the club in a straight line and you're a god, you can actually like f- fucking salsa your way through the whole fucking thing and not get hit and then you <laughs> slap a bitch and then they're fucked. And like it's one of the greatest one of the greatest things you can do because the gun is so bad. It's probably for the longest time, we always said the Cougar Magnum was the worst gun, and then eventually, when we got older, we were like, no, man, the Club is the shittiest weapon in this game by miles. Club. The so, Club was the worst one It's so ever. bad. It's so freaking bad. If I picked up a Club, bad. I would switch back to the PP7. Yeah, any, anything. Literally, if I had a Club and a Cougar Magnum, I'd, I'd use a Cougar Magnum or Slapper. I wouldn't even bother with the Club. It's just not going to happen. But yeah, anyway, great game. Phenomenal. Absolutely incredible. And you're right. Perfect Dark, technically speaking. Yeah. Better game. A better game. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter because Goldeneye was just so damn it's fun. Yeah, it's it had an, sometimes games can be technically great, but there's no X factor. Goldeneye had an X factor. I, it's I still the don't triple X factor, bro. You know, it's the triple maybe, X you, know what, <laughs> you know what it was? It's Piers Brosnan, bro. It's Piers it Brosnan. It was. We're gonna say I that. Feel we're gonna bad. Leave it I right feel there. We're gonna we're, talk about this. We're gonna talk about this sometime because of movies. Pierce Brosnan got screwed by the writers. I think Pierce is one of the greatest Bond guys, and with we'll the have worst this, scripts. We'll have this possible. debate when the time when the time comes. Possible. I think Pierce is a fucking god. But anyway, moving moving on, moving on. So, is this mine now? Am I up? Is this is this number four now for me? I think. Yeah, you're up. Yep, you're up. All right. So number four for me is the first Halo, Halo Combat Evolved. So Jeff had number two. Really? I went number one. Uh, for Halo. Now, don't get me wrong. Halo 2 is is an incredible game, and I agree. The best multiplayer mm-hmm. shooter on a console. Yeah. By Ever. far. I don't think anything's come yeah. up since that it has come, clo- come close to it. Some people would probably go for, like, somebody who's stupid would say Call of Duty. I, yeah. could, I could make an argument for Bad Company 2. Yeah, I could also good. make it. I mean, Call of Duty 4 make, wasn't terrible. No, terrible. Modern Warfare, uh, for sure. I can make an argument. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, but, no, uh, no. But, but I, think, I think Halo 2 is just ridiculous. Uh, very, the only thing wrong with it really were the fact that uh, the, the plasma pistol into, um, not assault rifle, but the, the um, oh, what was it? What did they call it? Combat rifle or whatever. I can't remember what it was, but the combo was so the dumb. Rifle. Was, rifle or whatever. Battle rifle. Whatever battle rifle. Called. Yeah, I think yeah. That maybe it would have. So, I don't know. so that combo was dumb, and then the and then the double needler, as awesome as it was, was so broken. Was <laughs> whatever. But like beside yeah. that, it, it was so good, and it was during that time where Xbox Live was was at its you know at the peak, uh, and Xbox Live, let's be honest, was fire. Oh, so yeah. damn good. Uh, they oh, yeah. nailed that out of the park. Microsoft smashed Xbox Live out of the park. Oh yeah. Uh, so that was really good. But 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 Halo One. Um, I think is uh, is one of the greatest games uh, ever made because for me, I think Halo One, kind of like how Lost Odyssey proves that um, that traditional Japanese RPGs can still be done today and left alone and not messed with and still be good 
as a game. Halo 1 proved that that you can do shooters on a console and it can be fucking awesome. And beyond mm-hmm. that, it proved it proved that uh once again there were other games game. that yeah, they, they, it was a technically excellent game. Shooters shooters except for like the Half-Life series and Deus Ex and stuff, there wasn't a lot of shooters to my knowledge, you know, pre-Halo um that uh, that had like honest to goodness attempts at making a world and a story you know uh, i think a lot of people just looked at shooters like here's quake you know here's you know you know here's here's doom you know it's it's you're getting the shooter experience but you're not getting a lot beyond the shooter experience and then halo came yeah. in um and and was another one of those in that in that ladder uh that that showed uh, showed that shooters can be more than that um, I think the I think the musical score is iconic and and one of the best ever made. The theme to the original Halo, uh, is is hauntingly fucking good. Damn, yeah, like awesome. really really good. Uh, and and I re- I just remember as much fun as I had with Halo 2's multiplayer, and I did have a lot of fun with it. I think I had more fun with Halo One's just the local because it was the local aspect of it, and. And it blows my mind that I could play so much on one map, like Blood Gulch. Like, we played with some of the other maps, but it was pretty much only Blood Gulch that we played on. And had so much fun just on that one map that it blew my mind uh, that a game could have that kind of longevity in that that way. And I think the game still holds up uh, really well. And it it was, uh, I think, impressive too, because it was a brand new franchise. It wasn't a game built on the back of some other thing. And if you know the story of Halo and how it came to even be a first-person shooter, it would also surprise many of you. I mean, many people probably know it already, but it was it was originally not even close to what you saw. Like, I don't want to talk about the whole thing. Go look up the story of Halo and how it became Halo. It's crazy. Uh, Halo Wars is closer to the original Halo yeah. than Combat yeah. Evolved is. So, um, yeah. just a super interesting game. Uh... Um, until people played it and knew about it, it was a sleeper for sure because it was a new IP on a console from Microsoft that at the time was the, was like the, the black, you know, it was the, the, I said black and then didn't follow it, finish it up. It was like, uh, what's the, you got a problem with black the, bro? D- yeah, d- absolutely. Like, the, supposed to be white? The, uh, not the, uh, not the ugly duck and the black swan. Is that what I'm looking for? Oh, here? Like, okay. you know here, what I mean? Yeah, like we, the oh, odd, I know it. the odd one out. You know what I mean? Yeah, black. Yeah, black. Yeah, black, segregate black. me again. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, go. segregate. Yeah. Thank you. you. Know, thank you. Front of, front Thank of, you. No. Yeah. Yeah. Water this is a guy on here with two brown people. Adam. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you're the minority here. Yes, the minority here. I have to be careful. In the in the, in the Oreo, I am the minority. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know that was that was kind of what Microsoft was. So I thought it was just a very uh, as a whole a very important title, uh, and it was an important one to me too because it was one of the first games. After the N sixty four with Goldeneye, for example, that got everybody into the house playing games yep. together, um, yep. and and did that for a very long time. So that's that's why it's my my number four. Cool, can't ag- yeah. I can't disagree. Mm. What's next? Who's next? Uh, Tabine, you up? Panic is up. Number three. Yeah, number three. Um, um, this is tricky. It's going to be controversial because when they hear my number one and two, they're going to be like, what the hell is wrong with black you? Black sheep. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. Black gonna... sheep. That was what I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> number three is going to be Brood War. Okay. Definitely okay. Brood War. Um, so we're going with uh, we're going with Brood War just because um, 
I, I did never. I played the campaign through a lot. I never laddered, but oh my god, the use map settings and melee mode, like mucho money maps and stuff. My my buddies and I, we'd always do like three versus five comp stomps. It was like the thing to do. Come home from school, hop on a battle net, or what was battle net back then. You know, immediately just find games with buddies and just go at it for like four or five hours. It was pretty much our our, our jam. Um, probably dumped years of my life in that game. Yeah, I'm 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 right on board with you. I and obviously this is going to be one that's going to come up for me. I mean, it's pretty obvious. So yeah. I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it. But uh, I'm 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 I, I can. That's why you said you're, you're with number me. one and number two. I'm with you. I'm I'm curious to know what your number one and number two is because I didn't look at your list. <laughs> but uh, of course, you know yeah. you, you maybe have a little bit of a different connection than what I what I have with with Brood War. So, but I'm 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 right there with you, dude. Amazing game. Can't I can't argue I with that. Actually, I, can, I can actually add in a little bit more on my connection with that yeah, one because like, again, like I just I just moved. Like I lived in Long Island with um for pretty much my entire life till that point. And I just moved to a new town and didn't have too many friends. But the friends that I made, I'm still friends with them today. We became friends because they found out that I was a huge, like, into StarCraft and I was playing Brood War. And they're like, yo, do you want to play? And then when I got in and they're like, oh, God, this guy's actually really good. And he's like, he's fun to play with on this game. And to this day, like 18 years later, still some of my best friends came from Brood War. Yep. So oh yeah. That's where that's where my personal All connection from came to. All the feels, the feels. Yeah. For the for feels. us on the street, like Jeff said, with with uh, with Diablo two, Brood War got burnt into the freaking ground. With so many copies of that game were made, oh, it was insane. Uh, and we had everybody playing on the street. We'd be out at night playing track down or whatever, and all of a sudden, uh, I, I'd say something like, "Hey, Jeff." Jeff'd be like, "What?" You go, "Carrier has arrived." Oh, and Jeff be like, ya. oh, Jeff be like, oh, battle cruiser operational. And I was still, and I was still on like we were still on dial up and shit. Like it was brutal. And we'd go, we go play it for like four hours, and it would just massacre our like nobody could call the house because it was dial yep. up, and it was just absolutely yep. terrible. But yet we had so much fun with it. Seven v one comp stomps, where we'd go in when we got particularly good at fast money maps. We'd go 7v1 comp stomps, Jeff and I, uh, and then we'd, we'd just basically play Game of Thrones with the, with the rest of the people until they were so paranoid they started killing each other off, and we'd, we'd, we'd convince them to kill each other, like, the whole yep. time. And then we'd get down to the last guy, and then we were like, surprise, motherfucker! Guess what, bitch, it's us. Guess we took what? off unallied, victory, yeah, and now you're fucked. <laughs> it was so good. Oh, you guys uh, are we had good a lot, dicks. We had a lot oh, we were definitely dicks. dicks. Oh, we were definitely terrible. dicks. Dude, we, I, remember, I remember we played so much fastest money map games. Um, my original... So my name, Nova War, comes from Brood War. And I wanted the name just Nova. Flat Nova. Unfortunately, Nova was taken. And I was like 11 or 12 years old at the time. And so I was trying to come up with... What could, what could I have alongside of Nova... To make it sound cool. And when you're 12, war is super awesome. So I just slapped war at the end of Nova, Nova and now war. here we are. Jeff had about a thousand names in Brood War, each yeah. one of them more douchey than the last until he finally settled on something. I can't remember what it was. Uh, uh, but this for was a long, long time before was, Max was black. Yeah, it was, it was hell on earth for a really long time. I had like dark star power and dark, yeah, I yeah. dark all kinds of dark. <laughs> dark, dark, but, dark, uh, dark, dark. But Hell on Earth was sort of towards the end, and then I I, I brought that on to Xbox and all that other stuff. But yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll talk more about Brood War a little bit later on, but good, good 
choice. Oh yeah, good stuff for sure. Good stuff for sure. And I think I think I think for me, I didn't realize uh, I didn't realize how good StarCraft's campaign was uh, because we just played so much multiplayer. You know, I I I I had to go back years later and play through the campaign because I never did. Um, and so it was just so solid. And you and you tend to forget, especially with like StarCraft two. There were so many people in the esports scene crying, you know, Blizzard esports dead, blah blah blah, StarCraft two dead game, ha 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 ha. I'm Team Liquid, I'm I'm StarCraft Reddit, whatever. <laughs> and then, but they don't realize that the first five to seven million copies of StarCraft two that sell are people that don't give a shit about multiplayer, and all they play is the campaign, like no fucks yeah. given for multiplayer. Yep. Uh, so you know, people people sometimes I think forget about that. And Brood War is no different. Very good game. Uh, for sure. And in the competitive scene, I'll say this before moving on, I think in the competitive scene, Brood War just flat out uh, one of the greatest esports of all time because of the creativity that it allowed you to have within the RTS space. Um, and that's what StarCraft II severely lacked at, at all points of its life, short of its initial launch because it was a new game. Blizzard, <laughs> Blizzard balanced it to the point where it was rock, paper, scissors on speed it was who could get who it was rock, we paper, go scissors. adam you're going down this scissors, road bro scissors, don't trigger scissors, me scissors scissors beat paper but don't but trigger only me if you do it fast enough so and that was basically it so anyway uh, whatever brood war fantastic game beautiful game jeff yeah i think you're up now what's number, number three. three we're in number three this we're is, top threes we're in the top three now and i could put this at number two but I'm going to put this at number three just because when I really think about it, um, oh man, this is so tough. I mean, this should be my number two. But I'm going to go ahead and say number three just to keep the the conversation going. Mm, okay. StarCraft 2 going in at number three. Oh, StarCraft 2. Um, now the reason, the reason why, Adam... <laughs> The reason why I'm putting StarCraft 2 at okay. third, and hear me out. Okay, I'm listening. S- StarCraft 2, and I don't want to get too deep, okay. but StarCraft 2... We're going to have an entire cast just for StarCraft in, in, in general, so we won't go too deep. I won't go too deep. But StarCraft 2 saved my life, and I honestly... Fair. I... When I, before I started playing StarCraft II, when, when the beta got announced, I was in a really rough spot. And I was mm. I was down on myself. I you know I was that guy that dropped in university, didn't know what he wanted to do. My friends were, you know, in university or finishing up. And uh, I was that guy. You know, I hadn't talked with Adam in a long time. I, I was lost. And StarCraft II came out and gave me purpose uh which is sounds very very stupid uh but maybe not to a lot of people uh i think a lot of people use video games as an escape but starcraft 2 allowed me it for one i looked forward to something um i'm not going to sit here and tell you that starcraft 2 is a is a great game um it's a good game it, it's great in my eyes uh because of what it has done for me uh, but I mean, I've done for me, but the, the Starcraft two was a, was, was the, was the portal for me t- to be me, um, and truly be me. But Starcraft two was when it came out, it was, it was an adventure again. It was like, 
I, I at the time I hadn't played StarCraft Brood War in a few years, and StarCraft Two was close enough. Wings of Liberty, I'm talking about here. Wings of Liberty, not mm-hmm. Heart of the Swarm or, or Legacy of the Void. Uh, Wings of Liberty, and I, I actually have. Um, uh, I won't show that yet, but StarCraft Two was the game that, like I said, it changed my life. It 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 re rekindled our friendship. Um, mm-hmm. even though it was always there, it was it was what brought us back. Um, mm-hmm. as gamers, it was what created Lag TV. It's what created mm-hmm. this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when when I would have never boils, met, <laughs> yeah, we would have we would have never we would have never met Tabeen. I, I would have never have met all the people that are listening to this podcast. Um, or or have gotten to know a lot of you guys. Um, I wouldn't have anything that I have in my life. I shouldn't say anything because I'm sure I would have been successful in my own way. But um, Bro, I don't those know Chuck where Norris I'd be. T-shirts were a fire yeah. idea. I don't. I exactly. And, and for those that don't know, we'll, we'll get into that another time. But um, StarCraft Two was definitely the goat. It was, you know, Brood War has a special place in my heart. But StarCraft Two is is what made me who I am today. I don't know where I'd be. I don't want to think about where I'd be. Um, all I know is it's a it's a fun game. Wings of Liberty, the, the heyday, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. It was the growth. It was the birth of esports. It was that was a crazy um, time, you know. In North American esports, it, at least, it, at least it was it was the creator of Twitch. It was everything. I mean, StarCraft Two was everything, and we were just so fortunate to be on the ground floor when mm. everything when everything happened, right place, right time. And I would be very, it would be very disrespectful for me to not put it on there. Is this as good of a game as some of the other games that I've mentioned in terms of? Um, you know, tech, technically or or any of those things, maybe not. You know, maybe maybe in some people's eyes, maybe not. But in terms of the impact on my life, like my actual mm. life, I can play a game. I can play Final Fantasy VII as a as a twelve year old and have fun and say, "Oh my god!" You know, this is the game that made me a gamer. But StarCraft Two is the game that created. Maximus Black. You know, if mm-hmm. I'm at the movie theater and someone yells, "Maximus Black, what's up?" It, that is because of StarCraft Two. My my whole being came from that game. Uh, as an adult, it's what pays the bills. It's what furthers my family tree. It's what I'll tell my 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 children when that happens. It, it is my legacy, and uh, it, that is just it for me. So I have to put StarCraft Two on there without getting too crazy and too deep. And I'm sure we'll have an entire segment on a podcast to talk about StarCraft. Oh, yeah. It might even be a series of, of uh. segments, but StarCraft. <laughs> 2 is me. I am a nerd and I love the game and as much as I hate on Blizzard I thank them for making it and changing my life. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you know, that's all of, all of that is is obvious truth. I mean, tell you us how you know, really feel. Star, yeah, tell us how you really feel. No, no StarCraft, StarCraft 2 um, as, yeah, it's a StarCraft 2 as an engine for everything that, that came about in the last six years is obviously an incredibly important thing for sure. I think that's incredibly obvious. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, even though I never stuck with it in such a way that launched me into some stratospheric kind of situation, uh, it definitely, I, I wouldn't have changed anything. I mean, StarCraft was an incredible period. StarCraft 2 was an incredible period. Uh, uh, of my life that, you know, when I left, so I graduated university, um, and went into a job immediately 
and was there for for however many months. And while that was happening, StarCraft or Light TV was went from like this to like this in this one week period. And I remember being at work and and uh, I would do all of my work in the first half of the day. And then the second half of my day was like lag TV shit. And I was just constantly like pretending to work because I'd already done everything I could possibly do in the day. And then I'd just go and do light TV stuff. I'd get home and then I'd go, I'd leave work. And uh, my work at the time wasn't far from Jeff's place. So I'd leave work. I'd go to Jeff's. We would record for like four more hours. I'd go home at like one o'clock in the morning. I'd go to bed. I was up at six. I'd go to work. I did the thing. I'd go to Jeff's. We did the recording. What a beautiful time that was, man. I I, I just think back to it. I think back to it and and, and I just, I'm so... I can't. I. I. It. You know. I. I'm at a loss of words, man. It just so much just comes back, and the whole when cheese fails, and the fact that yeah. we didn't, we didn't try to make this happen. It just happened. Yeah, yeah. And it was when I look back at, it, I just wish it was those days again. It was things have changed so much. I. Man, I, I if I get it too is. deep here, I'm a I'm a breakdown. I'm a cry. I'm a <laughs> I'm gonna do it all. But I'm gonna tell you guys. And the more I think about this, this should be number one on my list. Um, but but I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it at number three. And 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 yeah. without getting too deep into it, guys, I we'll have a time where we'll we'll tell you guys the real story of Light TV and really how how things we'll go, we'll got go started. Deep into it. We'll go deep yeah. into it. Um, yeah. And and you guys will learn but a was, lot. It but it was just. It was nuts. The, the whole time was crazy and and surreal and and out there. And so we definitely owe uh, pretty much everything to uh, to StarCraft too, or the very least the community as well. Like the two things yeah. go go yeah. hand in hand. But yeah. for sure, yeah, good choice, solid pick, solid pick. Thank you for cutting all the onions for everybody else in here. Now, thank you. Bro. Appreciate that. <laughs> How many um, feels? How many feels? Where am I now? Okay, so I'm on my number three You're now. You're on number three. Yep. Um, where am I? In my, Make I've it good. One, two. Did I miss one? Am I ahead of myself? Where, how did this happen? I've got one, two. <clears throat> I've got two left. Did we skip yours because I... Um, did you forget I, how to count? I did one? Is that what happened? I'm it not sure how many you have left. left. Because I'm pretty sure I only have two left. Okay, well then go over to Tabine and then I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure. Do you, yeah, do you go, only go have to, nine? Do you only have nine on your list? No, I've got I've got ten. So uh, I did right, Project Gotham Racing. So I talked about Project Gotham Racing, Silent Hill, Jet Set Radio, Lost Odyssey, Halo, Ocarina of Time, uh, and Mist and Shadow of the Colossus. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I've got so I've got two left. So yeah. Panic, you go cool. ahead. So that's how we managed to skip Jeff's then. So Panic, you're cool. you're up. Um, for your number two, bro. All right. Um, number two game of all time for me. I guarantee you a lot of people have never heard of this game. Um, okay. I'm excited about it. It's time. Eh, free space two. What? Oh, I, know, oh, yeah, I, know free, I know free space. The descent, the descent free space series. Um, it was oh. made by Volition space combat sim. Mm-hmm. And it was probably like it was one of the I have more hours in this game than I know probably more like 600 700 hours in both of them. Um, it's pretty much like one of the best space combat sims ever created. Um, shortly thereafter the space combat genre kind of died out. 
um, yeah. which is why I'm like super excited for stuff like Elite and Star Citizen coming back. Because um, I've always been a huge fan of like space fighters. Isn't Star Citizen by the dude who did Free stuff. Space? No, um, Star Citizen by the dude who did Wing Commander. Wing Commander, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and, Wing Commander, yeah, yeah. yeah. With and Mark Freelancer, Hamill actually, and all he was part of Freelancer too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, so overall, like, Free Space 2, like, it, again, one of the best space combat games ever. It had a deep story, it had ship customization, mm-hmm. you, had all, you had a massive campaign. Each of the games were long. The story was cool. It was, like, voice acted, and there's all sorts of stuff going on, twists and turns and plots. Um, and just overall, super well-polished and tight game. And even more awesome is, even to this day, people are still releasing mods, and they've actually released a series of mods that bring it up to graphical standards of today mm-hmm. yeah i've seen a lot of mods for, for um, free space too yeah um completely it's available on gog which is awesome like the moment that came out on gog i'm like i bought Picked it that and up. Then, like installed a bunch of I mods i think you remember talking about all that. the campaigns yeah, yeah 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 we were doing google hangouts and stuff i was just playing yeah, the show yeah. for like three four days straight and you're like what <laughs> game are you playing i'm like free space yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's one of my go-to games. I'll go back to it. Like it's, it's like I'm waiting for Star Citizen. I'm hoping it like even recaptures like a tenth of the feeling I have for Free Space. And I'm like, if it does, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I've always, I've always been, um, you know, passively interested in space sims and 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 that genre, but I never got into it myself. Uh, I, I, the oh, ones six that pedals throttles ready to go. Yeah. Like I, I never quite got there. It was always a genre. It's like fighting games. I've always wanted to play fighting games and kind of get mm. like, okay at them, but I'm so <laughs> absolutely terrible at fighting yeah. games. It's unreal how bad I am, but I love watching them and I love watching them played well and space Sims sim in a similar vein. I always wanted to get into them. I never really did. I tried to get into, um, what is it? What? X, uh, Terran Conflict, and, um, oh, an Albion Prelude, or Prelude, or, uh, what's the full title of that series? I don't think it's just X. Panic just lost audio randomly. Rip like the Like in dream. your headphones? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One moment, guys. Uno momento. Well, I haven't. I I I I can't even chime in. I mean, I I've never really played flight sims. I remember playing an old flight sim on Windows three point one. Uh, it was this garbage game. I had two games to my name. Uh, that sim and a game called Cyclone. If anybody wants to go on YouTube and search Cyclone for the PC, I don't even what know what year it came out. Uh, but it looks like a dude from Universal Soldier. Definitely go check that out. It is the most ridiculous game, but kind of fun. That was my my very first video game I had ever pretty much played. Uh, that was significant, uh, or definitely my first PC game. Um, that in Wolfenstein. But I I have never got into flight sims. It's never a, a genre that I got it like that I enjoyed. I just think it's boring sitting there. Uh, with, yeah. with my with my stuff and you know ooh, I can land a plane uh, I mean I guess to some people that's amazing and it's super fun but uh, to me boring so but I you know I can't I can't yeah. tell you if I agree with it or not because I've never I've never even heard of free space two I've never heard of free space one <laughs> oh, well it's, that's wow um, great games can you hear can you well you can uh, hear yes, us can now right? which is yep, we which can is hear good you. yeah and you're we're gonna have to rely 
We're as, as expected, we're going to end up relying probably on our local recordings for this, but that's okay. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, you guys just straight went silent on me, so I'm like, oh, damn. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, but yeah, Free Space, best game ever. Yeah, no, really, 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 uh, I know, I, I haven't played it, but I know it's an incredibly uh, respected game, 100%. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure someday would, there's going to be a game. Kill for Free Space 3. I'll kill for Free Space 3. <laughs> Maybe sometime. Like if someone told me right now, you run Adam over with a steamroller and you'll get Free Space Three. I'd be in Halifax <laughs> oh, in like five minutes. Rip the and, dream, and Adam. Get, get wrecked. Get wrecked. I wonder. Uh, I bet you if Star Citizen comes out before we're ninety and that does well, uh, that Free Space might have a chance of having like a, uh, like a, a re up on on a number three, uh, if it uh, if it comes to pass. So my my number two. Um, uh, so. Huh. Well, I already know what number one is, and a lot of people probably already know what number one is. Number two yeah. for me is Persona 4. Mm. Uh, Persona 4 is a game that even if you like Japanese RPGs, Persona 4 still might be so obscure that you won't like it, despite the fact that I think Persona 4 is a like top five, if not top three, Japanese RPG ever made. Um, there is almost nothing that you can critique about it unless it's just you don't like the style of the game. That's usually what it comes down to. If somebody <laughs> plays Persona 4, there's nothing really wrong with it. It's just I don't like the fact that it's like a high school dating sim wrapped up in a, in a Japanese RPG, uh, which is not really a dating sim, Persona? but yeah, Jess probably got it there. Persona was just, it was just too weeb for me. I, I, know, I, but that, I don't, just, I don't that, even... That I mean, uh, I don't I watched, even find I it. Your, I watched your playthrough. I thought it was cool. Yeah. I, well, I never, I never streamed weeb. playing through it. So you must have been watching me play oh, something else. Oh, you did else. Persona Three. A little bit of Persona Three, you, but Three is not as good Persona as Four. Game. Yeah. yeah, I did Three for a bit. Yeah. But Four, Four is is in incredible. Uh, the but the, the things are incredible for me. You know, if you can't look past how how Japanese this game is, because it is Japanese as hell. So if you can't look past that, that's unfortunate. But the and I'm not saying you specifically panic. I'm just talking in general. So uh, the characters and the character development, both for the main characters and even even side characters in in this game and and generally in the franchise. Really, it's not just four. But four, I think, did it in my opinion uh, probably better than anybody else. Is incredible. There's not a lot of games that do character and character development and character interplay as well as I've experienced with Persona Four. Uh, the the system of personas and how you get them and combining them uh, is really fun. And creating like these ridiculously overpowered personas for the end game if you want to. The the social linking aspect, which is like the the quote unquote dating sim e type situations that you get in the game where it's basically just it's not really dating sim it's spending time with the other characters if you want to get to learn about those characters more than the main story just presents to you and uh it's done it's just done so damn well the music is incredible the style of persona games smashes fucking everything else out of the park there is no game that is more stylish than persona games persona 5 coming up here soon i dare somebody to find a more stylish crazy awesome designed game than persona 5 i fucking dare you it won't happen they have a lot of character they have a lot of character in the game incredibly it, it knows what it is and it does it so damn well 
Uh, but the thing for me was it's got more. So the game's got more than just the game being good for me. It's not just that. So I played. Uh, I originally didn't even play Persona Four uh, when back in high school and stuff. I wrote a lot of uh, blogs and reviews and stuff for games on Gamespot.com. Back when the blogosphere in uh, on Gamespot was way bigger and more highly regarded by the actual website where you could have your stuff on the front page of the website as a blogger if you had a soapbox emblem, which I had at the time. And I was grandfathered uh, as a reviewer there, top top 100 or top 50 um, for a long time. And, and it was where I grew to love writing reviews and critiquing games. Um, and uh, people like... People like uh, Brad Shoemaker and Ryan Davis and Jeff Gerstmann and um, uh, I'm forgetting one more, Greg Kasavin. These guys that did all the writing and whatnot, they, they shaped me as a, as, a, as a game reviewer that I do, even as a hobbyist thing. Uh, and I had such a strong tie to there. When Jeff Gerstmann got let go and GameSpot got new management and they got pushed on when Jeff released the, the review for, um, what was it? Uh, two, oh shit! What was the name of that game? Um, two it was human. The second what? Oh, wasn't no, wasn't two human? No, 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 no. It was some. It was oh, shit. I can't think of the game right now. But, uh, but anyway, he he got sacked because the the developers put a bunch of pressure on the new GameSpot management that weren't used to hearing that from game devs. It happened for years. Like, this is just something that happens. Like, if you put out a game review that's bad, and they're advertising on the site at the time, they get uh, Kanan Lynch 2. That's it. Kanan Lynch 2. Um, and, and they get mad pressure. But the old, the old management were like, you know, go, you know, Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to pull advertising from the site. It's not going to happen, whatever. But the new guys broke, and they fired Jeff on the fucking spot. And he got kicked out. He was editor-in-chief at the, on the website at the time. So when he leaves and he creates GiantBomb.com with, with Brad Shoemaker and Ryan Davis, who now unfortunately passed away, and uh, Vinny Caravella and a, and a few of the other guys, uh, and created what is now my favorite video game website, period. Uh, they are the most, in my opinion, uh, the most knowledgeable and fair reviewers and most in-depth analyzers of anything while also being funny as fuck. I love their humor. Uh, they did the endurance run of Persona 4. He and Vinny, back when they were still in like this basement of somebody's like house in, 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 in the middle of California somewhere, and every day they do it and post up like a 40 minutes or an hour-long video of them playing just a like the section of Persona 4. And Jeff is famous for hating anime. Fucking loathes it. And so it was a big, it was a hilarious thing to have Gersman sit down and play this with Vinny. And uh, Vinny was way more open-minded. It wasn't such a big deal. And the interplay between them and their commentary on it was so funny, I was hooked. And they released an episode every day for eight months Eight months straight before they beat the game, and I watched it every day before I went to university, and it was the, one of the greatest times for me to wake up. I was so excited to watch it. It was one of the, it, no, it was the first real daily kind of um, video game content that was created before like YouTube blew up and all that shit. That was the thing for me that, that got me interested in that stuff, and I watched it all. Then after I watched them complete the game, 
I went out and bought a PS2 Slim just for Persona 4. Then I played Persona 4 all the way through 120 hours and got the best ending of the game. And I closed it, I boxed it, and I will never play the game again because it was like this perfect moment of gaming for me. And it was such a weird game for that to be. Persona 4 of all these games that that happened for me. But uh, I, I will never play Persona 4 again. It's actually... I've, I've decided that it will never... It will never happen. But if you're a Japanese RPG fan, definitely check out Persona 4 uh, or just give it a shot anyway. It's it's incredible. I know that was the longest-winded answer ever, but I could talk about Persona 4 all day. <laughs> I've noticed. Hey, hey yeah, I've Jeff. noticed. Jeff, I, I think Adam I think Adam really likes Persona 4. Yo, I really panic, like I'm, Persona 4. Panic, I'm thinking really about, like, it. yo, you want to, like, start a side podcast so we can say something? You you and I will, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. do this Saturdays at 8. <laughs> Well, well, uh, I also we'll I also knew that you guys didn't have any experience. I think with Persona in general, the, other than maybe the like Persona playing it forecast for Adam. Yeah, for me, oh, the sidecast. <laughs> just talking about Persona for we, for that. we know you love your Persona, Adam. I even have a copy of it right here. Yeah. We got you. We got you. I've yeah. never played it, so I can't say anything. But I'm gonna take your word yeah, for it. They even made like a fighting game or something for it too, which Persona was like I think Arena. I have it somewhere. Persona Four yeah. Arena or something. Yeah, it's actually yeah, a pretty good fighting game. I picked it up and then never played it. Yeah, I watched people play it. It was enough for me to pick it up. Yeah, cool. Well, there you go. All there's, right, there's my Who's long up? my long spiel on that. So now we're back to panic. Now now we're into the real shit, guys. This is the mm. number one. No, this we're is top at the two. number one the number one spot. No, you haven't top done. Two. Have you done Jeff's number two yet? Oh no, we're doing two. two. Oh no. Oh, wait, how am I so out of order? I've done I the did same mine already. Order the whole time. Oh, okay. No, well, you skipped Jeff. Jeff this time. I'm always getting the, skipped. The, you know, fuck this guy, skipped. man. Who who's this guy? Dude, All right, it's because you're it's because you're black. It is because I'm black. It's because I'm black. I'm not Mexican. I'm, I'm straight you're just black. Blending into your chair and your background. You're just, Jeff. Yeah, you're just doing straight least black. I lit myself up. All I right. Apologize. So my number two, um, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of regretting not putting StarCraft two at number two, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw this out. They can go either way, but I'm just gonna throw this out there. Mario Super Mario sixty four. This game. I was waiting for it. This game right here. <laughs> Ain't no shame in that, man. Super, I was definitely a top game material. Definitely. Super Mario 64. Um, just incredible. Uh, I I remember, I, I think I've told the story on, on, on uh, Leg TV. Um, I remember living up in Cowie Hill, waking up Christmas morning. Once again, my parents are always amazing at getting me video games. On the and, spot. And... Uh, my sister was maybe one or two years old. I don't remember. She was like an infant. And mm. uh, it was one of the first Christmases. It might even have been the very first Christmas where me and my sister, you know, were opening up presents together. Even though my sister was super small, my mom would pretty much open them. But I I, I was a kid, so I'd get a little jealous on, you know, it was no longer about me. Uh, I'm nine, nine and a half years older than my sister. So mm. I was so used to being the only child and and being spoiled as the only child. So when my sister came through, and like I said, we didn't have the most money, so things got divvied up. But it, during Christmas time, we got spoiled. And I remember opening up all my Christmas presents, and my sister had all of her Christmas <laughs> presents, and everything was opened. And I had no N64. And N64 sour. just came out, and I was so sour. And my dad said, hey, son, bud. He calls me bud. Hey, bud. Uh, there's there's uh, one more present on the uh, deep freezer for your sister. Can you go grab it for me? And I was fucking like I was crying, like I was upset. And my dad, my dad got Troll. this sick. My dad loved it. Like my dad got this sick 
twisted like entertainment <laughs> out of watching me like feel disappointed because he knew he was about to make my day like he knew it was coming so he just kind of let me <laughs> sulk a little bit and my sister was like you know got her new clothes and and everybody was happy and I'm sitting there I'm literally crying everything is done I'm crying and I remember my mom going Jeff what's wrong and I was like nothing wrong and I didn't want to my, my dad was always he was always hard on me, so like, I, if I ever had a problem with something, I would never be vocal about it. Like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't want to eat, you know, craft dinner and wieners again tonight. I would never say that because I, <laughs> I understood we had food on the table and that was the way it was, and it was no different for Christmas. I didn't want to be that kid, you know. I, I still got a bunch of clothes. I had a Walkman and all this other stuff, but I didn't get my N sixty four. And my parents asked me what was wrong. I was like, nothing's wrong, you know, nothing's wrong, and they knew it was wrong. I didn't get my N sixty four. So my dad was like, yo, um, go on over there and get your sister's present. So in the living room, we had a little, we had a back door that went to the backyard and around the corner, there was a deep freezer and you couldn't see it from the living room, but it was around the corner. So of course, you know, I'm going over there dragging my feet and I, lo and behold, right on top of the, on the deep freezer is my N64, Super Mario 64 and Killer Instinct. Oh, and I was, I was... I mean, I don't even I don't remember my my reaction, but I just know that it was the one of the greatest moments of my life. It was a defining moment as a gamer. I, I, you know, even it's one of those stories. Everybody has a story that you guys talk about with your family at Christmas time or a special yeah, yeah, yeah. holiday where you just repeat the same story every year and you reminisce. This is Absolutely. one of those reminiscing moments for for my family because everybody felt good. I know that my parents struggled to get me that system. They knew how Dude, much it meant to me. Expensive. It was fuck. expensive as shit. Yeah, it was. And Games Mario. Like $80 Canadian. It was crazy, dude. Mario 64 was a game that I played and still played. Uh, I did a playthrough of it not long ago. I could go and play it, and it's the only game still to this day that I'll watch somebody speed run over and over and over again because it is just it is so well built the camera system on Mario although some people will say it was horrible I think it was it, it revolutionized uh, camera viewing with the, with the C sticks and all that other stuff it was it just perfect, amazing but when it comes out you have to put it in perspective when it came it out came there was, out. There it was, was really good when it came out there was literally no template for 3D platforming and yep. so for it to be so good is yep. a mind fuck because think about it there you know we've got new generations graphics get better you know whatever VR is the closest thing to new you know yep. really new territory that we've had since the jump to 3D so to go from 2D to 3D and now a camera is involved and to match 3D and platforming which is one of the most difficult combinations and for Mario 64 to do it so damn well and re and the only complaint people can have is oh the camera gets a little weird sometimes that's oh, freaking, come on. that's fan that's fantastic. Oh come on. You know the bosses in the game were great. The fact that you could replay it endless amounts of times it would I mean I've gotten all 121 stars at least 5 yeah, Jeff, times. Jeff. But did you find Luigi? <sighs> of course I found Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> I, rem I remember getting trolled by that so bad. Everybody got trolled by that. I think I feel like, like I remember hearing through the grapevines like Luigi's in this game, yeah. Luigi's in this game somewhere, and I look forever, never found him. But Yoshi was yeah. in there. That was you the biggest tease. Yoshi, Yoshi yeah. was Yoshi was definitely in there. Just an amazing game, guys. I, I 
it's I would put it if it wasn't for because of Starcraft it would be my number one game it is the game that it was the birth of of me as a gamer I, I it's amazing Mario 64 is incredible guys I if there's anybody out there that doesn't like Mario 64 um you know that's on you but you know, when I think of games like Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, Ocarina of Time, 007, all these... And it's funny that a lot of my games are on the N64. What an incredible system the N64 was in the games and titles they brought out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... And it's in a lot of these games, we talk about nostalgia, but I really feel like N64, a lot of the games are nostalgic, but they are just great games. N64 made great games. It was a console of great games, and Mario 64 is number one game on the N64 for me. That's good. That's a good choice. It's a very good choice. I like it. Salesmanship right there. Number one. I knew you had number one. one. You gotta do the Mario voice, though. Yippee! (laughs) Here we go. There you go. Yeah, no, it's... uh, I loved loved Mario 64 uh, playing it uh, I, I, I hated collecting a hundred coins in every level that made me want to shoot myself. But outside of that, I had such a blast with it. It just controlled so well, especially in in its time. If you were playing nothing but, you know, if you were playing nothing but Nintendo 64 games, you were playing so many of them and you were used to the controller and you were used to how jank the games were at the time. You know, you could play Mario 64 like a god. You could, you know, you weren't hampered by it. You go back to it now, you might get, you might get hung up a bit. You you could probably still play pretty well, but it's still like, it presents, it presents itself not quite as well as it did back then when you were playing all those N64 games. And then you watch Sigal. Yeah, then you watch Sigal Mike or whatever. And you're like, yeah. And you're like, well, I'm terrible. I I just completely (laughs) never knew how to play this game at all. Yeah. Wrecked, yeah, but it it was so, so it good. <laughs> music, music was fantastic. Mm. Everything was was just so 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 very good. Uh, and reflections in that game, yeah. The the mirror room. If you how yep. freaking awesome was the mirror oh, yeah. room back then? <laughs> yep, that was how good freaking stuff. awesome. Was everything? Even back if you go then. in, that was good stuff. You look at three D game platformers even now, and they still don't get nearly as elegant as Mario did. Back no, then. it's impressive. It's one thing that they've that, that Nintendo has always done well. They can't do it right. Yeah, they've always yeah, done absolutely. Mario well, absolutely for the most part. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, the, at this point, if they don't, it's a problem. <laughs> so they need to kind of have to. Yeah, they, yeah. they definitely need to. They need to yeah. have a mastery there of that. So, uh, all right, now I believe we're moving on. If I'm not mistaken, now you can count. We're going now on the number ones. Count. We're moving on to number ones. We're we're doing it, friends. It's happening. Uh, so pan- panic, man. What we've we've made it down here. We've done some obscure stuff. You and I, for sure, more obscure uh, than uh, than Mister Black on some of these. But what is your number one game? You already know the answer to this one. It, it's it's clear. Um, if you walk into my apartment, just straight down the hallway as you walk in, there's artwork for this game. Yeah. Um, various <laughs> kinds, limited edition, collector's edition, hell, even custom commission pieces I've had done. Um, but the number one game is, is going to be the Mass Effect series. Um, if I had to pick one from the series, it's going to be Mass Effect 2. Mm. But overall, just like Mass Effect as a whole, um, mm-hmm. I've sunk over 200 hours into each of the titles. Uh, Mass Effect 3 is going on almost 300. Um, I'm super pumped for next week, even though I'm a little concerned. But we'll see how that goes. But um, it's just like everything about it, like from the first game to the third game, like as the games evolved, we got more mechanics. The games got better, technically more excellent. The storylines 
were fantastic. Even Mass Effect Three, like people hated on the ending, but for me, I was like, yeah. I was I was content with it. I'm like, these guys set out to tell a story. They told their story. Even even without the additional end, ending stuff, like when they added it in, I'm like, cool. It could have been worse but, than it like, was. Let's be got, honest. They could have ended so much I got, worse. Than I, got, it did. I got I got my experience. Like yeah. I had I had six something years of game time with it, and I enjoyed every minute of it. I was like always excited for when the next one was coming out. I played each game multiple times from different angles. I mean, there was that one moment where literally I was doing my full Renegade playthrough, and I was sitting there, and I like I took the Renegade action. And I literally, as soon as it happened, I, like, paused the game, put the controller down, and just, like, sat silently for a second. I'm like, I'm not that much of an asshole. I can't. And I saved Scum, then went back. And I'm like, I'm doing a full Renegade run, but even I can't let that one go. Yeah. And I'm yeah, just like, we're just gonna, we're it was good go. for that. It was good for yeah, that. Yeah, like, mm. They, you know, so Ma- yeah, yeah, Mass Effect. I, I, Mass Effect as a series as well. We've for me, gone back and forth about this. Yeah, like I, I put it. It would have been towards the top of my list in terms of like to, you know in the in the eight through ten region, but other games kind of I, I swapped them out for other reasons. Um, I really, really, really loved the first Mass Effect and the second Mass Effect, and the and the first Mass Effect engrossed me i there in terms of games that that took all of my attention uh and and had me completely sold on everything within the the game's universe mass effect is on a short list the first game specifically um the codex thing blew my mind when i first played the game it was so awesome to be able to go in and have all of that voiceover work done and to be able to learn about it. And it all sounded so legitimate and so grounded that you could believe it and be okay with everything that they sold you on in the game itself. Uh, the You know, people pick on one for, for being a little janky um, outside of the Mako. It doesn't which, hold up, but it was still no. a good game. Yeah, back when it came out. I, uh, like back when it came I out, pref- it was revolutionary. It was fine. I I would have preferred them to to just kind of stay on the same path as one for the rest of the game's gameplay wise and just polish it. I I I can appreciate where three was mechanically. It played really really well, but I would have preferred a polished Mass Effect one to the product that we've got in in three gameplay wise. I don't know. The way I would see it is gameplay-wise, Mass Effect kind of linearly increased from 1 to 3. Like, I feel like every game that came, like, Mass Effect 1 was great. 2, like, really refined the model and made it much more playable for, like, and, and hold the test mm. of time. And 3 just kind of perfected the system they had. Like, compa- using using biotics or using the abilities in 3 was just so much more refined, even on a controller, than it was on Mass Effect 1. Like, Mass Effect 1 was clunky. It played well and mm. it was fine, but Three like had it down like pat like it was a solid game. Storyline wise, though, I I, I I will say Mass Effect One was definitely the best story. Mm-hmm. And it kind of did go downhill between the three games, but even mm. then, the low point of Mass Effect Three was still really high comparative to other games that are out there. I remember when um, the Mass Effect Two trailer came out uh, at E three, and uh, I was still so high on Mass Effect One, and and I saw the Normandy come out and the soundtrack, I can't remember the name of the track that they played for the trailer. Um, but it was so 
it was so perfect. The, the, the soundtrack for the Mass Effect series was so well done and so perfect for the series. And when I saw that trailer, oh my God. It, was, yeah. it was a nerdgasm that I haven't had like anything like that in a long time. Like I like other games more, but the nerdgasm I had for Mass Effect 2's trailer release at E3 was incredible. Uh, and, and I agree, Mass Effect 2 was a, a, an absolutely stellar game as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to say I'm cautiously optimistic for Andromeda. I think it's going to be a step, two or three steps backwards for the franchise, uh, in a number of ways. And we'll probably talk about that after the game comes out and, and at least a couple of us get a chance to play it. I know I'm going to eventually play it. Panic's going to probably play it day one, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, it's already preloaded, bro. Yeah, so I, I like we'll we'll hear we'll hear straight from from uh, from Panic next week about it. I'm sure, but uh, yeah, um, I very much can agree with Mass Effect being a a, a top spot for sure. No problems. Yeah, at all I can't. If you see I, me, if you I see me really uh, depressed on Friday, you'll know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't chime in too much about it because really uh, Adam's Adam's got me into a. You know, the thing is, is I'm a different gamer than Adam, and we both play a lot of games. Um, I, I enjoy a lot of the games that Adam does. Adam, Adam is, has always been, uh, a guy that has enjoyed, uh, single player stuff, um, story driven mm-hmm. games, stuff like that, uh, puzzle game stuff. And I enjoy all those things. It's just that my career has taken me into a place where I haven't had that luxury to be able to enjoy games for what they are, um, to be able to play, say, Mass Effect because I want to play Mass Effect or, you know, uh, get into the Fallout series because I want to get into Fallout series or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, Adam has had that luxury over over myself and same with probably with you too, Panic, you know, you know, even since you do have a a, a nine to five, so to speak, your, your, your free time is you're going to play these games. You're a gamer. Eight to six. Eight to six. <laughs> you know, uh, for me, it was all about playing starcraft it was about playing a, a a competitive game i didn't have time to do it and, and on my free time the last thing i wanted to do was play video games uh you know and i went from one competitive game to you know league of legends and you know now i'm playing runescape but the 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 thing was is where i'm getting at with this is i played mass effect adam actually lent me a copy of his mass effect and said dude you got to play this just like when he told me i got i had to play um fallout 3 i went out and bought fallout 3 and i beat it in one sitting these were the days when adam and i would sit on on xbox live and literally just sit there um and play single player games and and just kind of have each other on his background noise uh talking about our experiences i remember sitting down and playing and beating fallout in one sitting um some people were gonna be like what the fuck you must have literally just done the entire story that's pretty much what i did that's it Um, very little other stuff but i tried it with mass effect and the first mass effect i put in about six to eight hours i played it and i don't want to be that guy for the sake of arguing but I just couldn't get into it. Uh, I, I I always I always felt like it's it was a deep, it's a dense game. Yeah, I always felt like it was trying to be Knights of the Old Republic, but just wasn't there. Um, I felt like it was trying too hard to um, just create um, a universe, and and that's great. I, I love the fact that they were going for it, but I just there's something about the story, there's something about the characters that felt a little dull. I I didn't get attached to anybody. Um, I felt like there was a lot of choices for the sake of choices and it just, the pacing of the game wasn't right for me. 
could I be totally wrong? Absolutely. I can't I can't sit here and judge the Mass Effect franchise on six to eight hours of gameplay. It would be a disservice to the to the franchise. I'm sure it's incredible. And there's come a day there may come a day where I'll sit down and actually play the franchise, whether I do it as a job or I do it as for fun. But for the six to eight hours that I've given it and and it's the kind of the same thing with me. My time is limited now, so it's it's almost like I have to get hooked on a franchise and play it because I want to and love it, or I'm just not going to play it. It's the same thing with TV shows. I'm going to watch three or four episodes. If I can't get hooked, I can't get hooked. Sometimes you watch a good television show that takes you a half a season to really get into the fucking meat. And I think that mm-hmm. that's probably what Mass Effect is. I think as though I may have played six to eight hours of it, didn't get too far far into the story, didn't give it enough of a chance. And so I just, I haven't clicked with it. So I'm that guy. Had Sorry. You, had you not, had you not said that like last, like paragraph or two paragraphs of stuff, I would have said you're entitled to your opinion, but I hate you and you're wrong. <laughs> but you, you, saved your, you saved yourself You saved yourself with that last paragraph saying, I'm yeah. doing a disservice, but okay. So I'm like, I accept you, Jeff. I respect okay. that. Yeah. I respect your love for Mass Effect and the fact that so many people love it and so many people were angry at the end of Mass Effect 3. It tells you how great of a franchise it really is. I just, it's unfortunate I never got hooked and, and I can't share this discussion a little bit more in depth with you guys. Uh, I just never got into it. Oh, that's, and, uh, just to tell you right now, like honestly, I can't. Like, if I were, to, I, I am very hard for me to go back and play games again. Mm. I played each of the Mass Effects multiple times, but for me, especially with Mass Effect One, I tried going back and playing it again, like yeah. right around the time Mass Effect Three was coming out, and I got two hours into it, and I'm like, I cannot play this game. It's it's too clunky. Like it didn't age well for me, gameplay mechanic wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I love this game so much, but I can't do it after playing two and three. I'm like, it's not gonna work. It didn't hold up. Two and three hold up much better. But yeah, it's like it's one of those things that if you can't get into it, I, I can definitely see it being hard to like follow through on. Yep. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Because like I think Panic hit hit it right on. It's a super dense franchise. It's not a. It's not something that you can. Uh, that you can necessarily uh, you're not just plopping in. No, you can't superficially play Mass Effect. You, like you have to get in, uh, or it's going to be uh, a bad time kind of deal. Uh, but for sure, I, I can see that. I just think, I think, uh, just to, as a prelude to what we'll probably talk about after Panic plays this game and we talk about it next week, I think what makes Mass Effect also really important is that it popularized. Uh, and really made uh, a, a point of making it a part of the game, the uh, the conversation system and how those conversations played out and the movie style dialogue that went on between. Yeah. Now you could are, you, you can you can talk about how the you know the back and forth might have been a bit janky and a bit awkward, but the the style of it and then look at how many games. <laughs> have just taken that and ran with it kind of thing. Now, obviously, Bioware before with Knights of the Old Republic and stuff did shades of that, but Mass Effect really took that and made it like a part of the game proper. Uh, And and so with Andromeda, that's why I think a lot of people are up in arms about how janky the animations are, is it's it's stripping one of the main pillars of Mass Effect out of the game. Uh, and yeah. when you remove that, you know, if the rest of the game isn't really damn good, then you're going to catch heat for it. Rather, whether or not, you know, other games don't do it well is The bar is either. high. 
Yeah, really that, that, basically that's it. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of the bar being high, number one for me. Um, <laughs> critic, as far as a critically Are we acclaimed, doing Jeff first, uh, a game goes well. We can, we can, we can do Jeff. We can no, do go Jeff ahead, first. Adam. Go I ahead. just, go, I, just I know, what, I know so what your game long. is. Go, go yeah, ahead. Everybody, Adam. everybody knows. Um, I just wanted. To, I, I thought about giving Jeff's two for a second because I talked too damn much. But the top game for me is Morrowind. I think that's the most obvious thing for anybody that knows me as a, as a gamer. And like as a, as a game mechanically or, or like objectively you look at it and it's the, one of the most broken games to have ever been made in the history of video games. Jeff's going to go get probably a copy of it right now. He's got Tribunal and everything up there, yeah. So, I did uh, not Morrowind, expect that. Morrowind, yeah, for yeah, right. <laughs> so more, there it is. Morrowind Tribunal and Blood Moon. So Morrowind is my favorite, my favorite game of all time by miles. Uh, Morrowind, I played Morrowind on the Xbox, and I don't know anybody because I didn't have a PC that could play it, right? And I didn't, uh, so I never had that experience. If you played Morrowind on the Xbox, like you deserve a badge that said I'm I survived those guys. Morrowind. I'm one of those guys. I survived Morrowind on the Xbox because the loading the load screen times. to enter a house <gasps> was like ah. three hours. And then you go yeah. in and it, you only entered the house to find out it wasn't the house that you needed and you needed to leave again. And then it was another like three and a half minutes of loading screen. And it oh, just yeah. took so damn long. But outside of that, I, Morrowind is such an incredible game. I can even go back and play it now with its jankiness and, and kind of be like whatever about it. Uh I think what really captured me as a as a as a kid was when I got it uh, and I, I played that opening and you're in Sedanini, you get off the ship and you say hi to Jeff on the ship before walking down and talking to the card. This <laughs> like one I don't know if Jeff remembers this. There's one the guy that's right at the uh, top of the ship. The black dude. Black dude with yeah, black dude. I remember you, bro. I, I always I always say hi, Jeff, every time I pass by him on the uh, ship. I'm like, hey, what's up? I know. I go, <laughs> I go down and uh I just remember, uh, you know, picking my character and and being so caught up in Morrowind was probably the game that made me so particular about my character creation in every other game that happened since Morrowind. Because in Morrowind, really, depending on what you chose as your as your main gigs, it 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 either made your early game a nightmare or it yeah. wasn't so bad. And and Morrowind was super unforgiving in that regard. Uh, and I mean, some people might say it wasn't, but I, I, I would say it's probably because you don't remember your first <laughs> stab at it. Now you've gone back and you're like, you know, all the little tricks of the trade and stuff. But in general, if you didn't have any guide and you went in, it was, it was super unforgiving, but I loved that about it. The little thing that I always say that blew my mind as a kid was when you leave when you leave the uh, the office with your paperwork and you're off to to Balmora, um, and you open the door and the game pops up this little text box that says that's it, it, oh, I'm paraphrasing here, but it's like that's it. You're on your own. Good luck. And that's that. No hand holding. There's not a marker that tells you where this you know thing is going to be. There's no compass with a thing. There's no waypoint. You're going to read your journal. It's going to name something. You can talk to people sometimes and they'll give you a description that vaguely resembles what you're looking for. And you've got a map that is the size of China and you got to go and find it. 
And uh, and so the the adventuring of Morrowind felt like adventuring because you literally had no idea where the hell you were going 80% of the time, especially on the Xbox because the draw distance was about three and a half centimeters. So you, you'd see like, you'd see out in front of you, one character in front of you, and then a fog wall. And that was all you could see. There was nothing beyond it. It was just like you were in Silent Hill the whole time. And you'd walk in and you'd hear the, you'd hear the enemy thing chime in in the background for the music. And you'd be like, where the hell is it? Because I can't see more than three feet in front of me. And all of a sudden, there'd be, you know, a cliff racer just fucking you from above. And then there'd be six or seven more cliff racers. And then you're running away. And soon there's like this entire horde of like 40 cliff racers. Ah, fucking coming at you. And because in Morrowind, everything was a dice roll. You have like the sword out and you're hitting them, but because your your one-handed sword is so bad, you're not actually hitting them, and it takes you 45 minutes to kill like a rat, and you're just standing there like swinging over and over again and nothing's hitting. It's just such a silly, crazy experience, and it has so much character, and, 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 it, and it has character that, uh, that Oblivion didn't get and Skyrim didn't get. Uh, and it and it has uh, then uh, because of that character and the locations are also different and varied. It made you want to go look and explore places, and you could still use the levitate spell as soon as they introduced stuff in Oblivion where you had to enter a town through a door. Levitate went out the window. You had to use paintbrushes and stack them into thin air to jump up somewhere if you wanted to get there because there was no levitate. But in Morrowind, it's like the uh-huh. silly things you remember. Like you could, you'd use a levitate spell, you'd go up a mountain, I went into a mountain with levitate, randomly, found this little crevice in this mountain, and there was a Daedric gauntlet, and it blew my mind, it was incredible, don't you dare X me on Morrowind, I'm gonna talk about Morrowind for the rest of my life. Don't Adam, you, this I'm gonna ain't, ask this you one question this before you continue, factor. before you continue, how many, how many, how many Morrowind playthroughs on Twitch have you actually finished? None. Zero. <laughs> just a restart Zero. over and over and yeah, over. That's the question again. everyone wants to know. Because you started like twenty. Uh, I always see your runs end. You I create, will. You create Bolton. You get to the mud crab. Oh, zero and over. I, I, oh I would. God. I would add. I, I would add in on Morrowind. I played a lot of it, just like Adam did on the original Xbox. Uh, but that's all I'll say. I mean, I think Adam has given a perfectly good description of 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 the game. Um, it's a great game. I. I the fact that it's number one for you just doesn't surprise me, and and that speaks volumes because whenever you don't know what the fuck to play, and you're just like, you know what, I'm just gonna play Morrowind. Morrowind. It's a good default, and uh, you know I love it as well. I've got all of them here. I've got it on Xbox. I've got it all uh, three versions on uh, on PC. The 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 original and the expansions. Great game. Love Morrowind. Oh I, I, yeah, it's. I, well, Panic. Have you played through? Have you played How through? How many Morrowind? playthroughs? Uh, a long time ago, I did like um, probably one and a half playthroughs. Um, the Elder Scrolls games in general didn't like hold me. I don't like games where mm. I'm just like completely let loose on the world. Mm. I, I I like them and I understand the technical excellence behind them, but it's kind of like it's kind of like Jeff with Mass Effect. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like I like a deep seated story where I'm following along with some vision. Morrowind mm. has a deep seated story, yeah. but it's not. It's more of a you explore the story. You have to go and get I enjoy, and get but it's not. It's not. Yeah, yeah. It, There's too many other games to play. It's There's like, always been too many games to play that I can't. Sit. Yeah, it's like the analogy. I'll make a, a stupid analogy that I'll just make up right now on the fly. It's it's as if if you're a child and your parents take you to Disneyland 
and they drop you off at Disney and they say, go have fun. And you just go and, you know, there's maybe three rides that don't know what to do. as a kid you, you play over and over and over again. But then as you get older, um, you know, you, you talk to other people that have been to Disney you go, haven't you gone on this? Have you even gone on that? And you be like, no, I've just been doing the same three rides over because it's been fucking awesome. I have so many choices. Yeah. I've just been doing this. It's true. And if, there's, if yeah. there's no kind of guidance, if there's no kind of tour guide or anything, you kind of miss some of the magic that's in there. And I, I loved Morrowind because it was open. It was a little, those type of games for me are a little too open. Back in the day, I think I played it a lot because you played it a lot. And it was just, mm-hmm. we both played it together. And it was like mm-hmm. almost a, you know, who's going to find great armor. It was sort of a competition and how far could we get and, and, and level up and all this other stuff. But to, to hold my attention, kind of like panic, I don't need my handheld I just need some kind of direction uh, because I lose focus very quickly. And if 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 nothing happens within an hour or two hours and I feel like I haven't progressed in some way, um, then I I just kind of get disconnected with the game. And Morrowind done that. Skyrim has done that. Pretty much the entire Elder Scrolls franchise has done that. And to some, that's amazing. Some people just love and you're one of those people that just loves to be dropped off and say, go explore, go. Mm -hmm. There is no that's right why, way on like how to do Witcher things. 3, Go. That's why Witcher Three didn't make my list. It's phenomenal masterpiece of a game, but like Morrowind, all of them, it's just way too big. It's like you're dropped in and you have the. It's like it's too much freedom. Yeah. Like when I when I play a game, I want to like I want to I want to have some specific kind of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I want an open world sandbox, but other times, you know, I I, I just want to I want to play through a story. I want I want to get like the artistic vision or whatever that the developers were trying to push but you know when you put it in open world yeah that's got some kind of thing to it but i feel a story or what they're trying to convey kind of suffers a bit because you're not really coming at it in the way that was kind of intended it's you you take your own approach on it which which has its merits yeah sometimes sometimes when you take your own approach like you'll retain more like that's my problem with some games if they handhold me too much then i i'll lose attention for that reason Like, yep. I feel like I, yeah. I'm not invested enough, so I don't remember it. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, so I'm one of those people I do like an open world. I think the first time I played the game, I played 500 hours on one file and never beat the main story. Yep. I believe that. Eventually, I never beat Morrowind until, like, five years into me owning the game. I went back and said, I should probably beat this game, and I started from scratch, and I played all over. Because in the original 500 hours, I got one of the items you need to beat the game, and because I was over-encumbered and I didn't know it was an item you needed to beat the game, I dropped it on a road somewhere in the northern part of the map. Rip. 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 <laughs> That's it. Rip. And we were on the Xbox. There was no console command to be like, give me this shield. So it was rip, ripping pieces. Reset. 500 hours. Let's go. Mr. Black, you're up. Yes. Number one game. Yes. Bring us home. I mean, it's obvious. I mean, I, the, the, the last game is the best game ever created uh, for me, obviously. Hello, uh, it is. No. It is, of <laughs> course. Barbie's house of something. Starcraft. Ah! Brood War. Yeah. Uh, I have, for those that, that, are, that are listening to this on audio, I'm holding it up. Um, yeah. Like like Adam with Morrowind, I could talk about Brood War forever, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that to you. But what I will say is, Starcraft Brood War is not only. The greatest esport game of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is the most competitive. It was the most difficult, high skill capped. Um, just 
<sighs> I don't even know where to start. It's, it's almost like I had to prep a speech for this. Um, the game, the game is is for, for one. It all started here. It all started right here. Yeah, StarCraft yeah, 64, 64 version. Yeah. Holding this up right yeah. now, StarCraft 64. Me and my cousin Coleus, we went to Blockbuster, and we were looking for Star for Star Fox. And at the time, Star Fox 64 was the fucking goat. Everybody wanted to do a barrel roll. And so we went there and it was it was sold out. Your father. All the all the and it was, you know, when you go to Blockbuster or Rogers video or whatever, whatever video uh, place you you rented games back in the day, because that's what we did Mm. as gamers. For all you youngins out there, we used to rent games. You used to go there and you'd have the new releases. There would be like 30 copies like literally thirty copies on the wall. Three quarters of the wall was the new game. One and copy, then you've had yeah. you've had a couple of other things and then there was one copy of StarCraft sixty four. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. all of Star Fox was gone and we were like we went up to the cache because sometimes if you were smart enough, a lot of people didn't know this, but I'm sure a lot of you guys did. If you were smart enough, you'd go up to the desk and you'd say do you guys have any copies of StarCraft or sorry, Star Fox behind there that people have just passed in mm-hmm. before it goes up on the wall? You know, mm-hmm. you know, you go you go to the wall, they don't have it. You yeah. gotta go to the counter and ask them had, like, if the somebody little, the mail slot that they had they to put the mail right slot in the mail and slot and, and, they, like, and like, you know what's in that box? You've got you've got a bunch of eighteen year olds working that don't give What's a fuck. The they're box? not in they're not in any kind of rush to get the games back up on the wall. You just no, gotta no. go there and ask them if they got it in the bin. You got it in no, the bin back it. there. So That's we right. went out there. We asked What's them, the "You bin? guys got Star Fox? No, they ain't got Star Fox." So my cousin Coleus, God bless him. If there's a God out there, bless yeah. him, please. He said, "Let's get StarCraft," and I was like, "Dude, what the fuck is StarCraft?" And I was, you know, I love my cousin. You know, you've met Coleus many times. Yeah, he's, yeah, Coleus uh, awesome. He's just an amazing person, and mm-hmm. and I was he's 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 not an alpha. You know, he's a follower. He's a he's the follower type. Has always been that way. He just goes with the flow, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I was the guy that. You know, he would come over my house in the summer and he would he would stay with me like literally five days out of the week or we'd we'd be at my grandmother's house and we'd stay there. And I would I was the guy that always called the shots. I was the guy that was like, dude, this is the movie we're watching tonight. This is what we're having for dinner. These are the games we're playing. And he would just love he would just love being there and having fun because he was in a family, a big family. And and he never got to, you know, hang out and, and, and have a good time. Uh, and so when he came to my house, it was like a fucking summer retreat. So he was just down for whatever, whenever. And he, when he finally suggested a game, I had to put my ego aside and, and, and say, you know what, Coleus? Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, you pick a game for once. You know, Star, Star Fox wasn't available. Sure, man. You go ahead and you pick your StarCraft. So we went and got StarCraft <laughs> 64 and this game right here is the game that changed Everything for me. I know I've said that three times during this podcast, but I can honestly <laughs> say, you know, without StarCraft 64, there would be no brood I war. wouldn't. There'd be no there'd be no brood war. And without brood war, there'd be no StarCraft be no 2 Star for Crab me. 2. Yeah, this that in that moment, I owe Coleus so much because I would have to start. You're not going to run out and get StarCraft 64. It's just not a game. It was horribly made. It's a garbage. And that's why that's why I haven't. This is why it's not my number one game. I'm just showing it because it's here. But when I got StarCraft 64 with my cousin, the first night I got it, 
I pulled a 24-hour grind of playing StarCraft 64. Coleus went to sleep. I was still playing. I obsessed. I had the game for so long that it was well overcharged. I didn't take it back. I ended up having to buy out the game from Blockbuster. Would then on top of it, my cousin when he would come over, be like, "Dude, you want to come over and play StarCraft?" He was tired of playing. He's like, "Dude, I'm, I'm I don't want to play StarCraft anymore. Like we've been playing this." He's like, "Why don't you just get on the PC?" And I was like, "What? Go on the PC?" <laughs> and and so when he told me that it, blew that, your that, mind that they, that there was a, an expansion for the play, uh, for for the PC. I couldn't fucking believe it. I instantly went out, said, Mom, you got to give me the money. Of course, my mom gave me the money. I went out, got StarCraft 64 and, or sorry, StarCraft Brood War. The This right here, the battle chest, that's what I started because I never played the original StarCraft on PC uh, until I beat the campaign. But I always went right to the Brood War. And when I started playing Brood War, that was the show for me. I became yeah. obsessed. I, I burnt it for everybody on the street. I was playing this game religiously. It was, you couldn't get me out of the house. When when I had a, a bad mark in school or I was the class clown, my dad would punish me from StarCraft Brood War. He'd hide my discs. Uh, it was and, and when I, I remember getting punished and going over Adam's house and playing the game, Adam Adam wouldn't even be home. He I, I'd go over <laughs> I go over his house. He'd be over at his grandmother's. I'd go over his house and his parents would just be like, "Yeah, I was part of the family." Like, "Yeah, come on in." <laughs> I'd go into his computer room and Janice would have to ask me, "Yo, Jeff, can I use my computer?" Like, "Yo, I gotta make a phone call." Can I use the phone? Because it was dial-up. Whenever I got grounded, I was over there. And then my dad found out I was going over Adam's house to play Brood War. And then he would oh, punish rip. me from going over Adam's house. It was my life. For for many summers, that was the show. I yeah, obsessed yeah. with this game. And that is why when I heard StarCraft Two came out, I got serious. And I made the reconnection with Adam. And I said, we got to start a YouTube channel. We got to do this. I was so fucking pumped. It was... This is the game. This is the game. Brood War, the best game ever made. It's amazing. Still tens of thousands of people watch this shit. It's, uh, it's oh, I could fuck the disc hole if it was if it was fucking wider. I would I I love this game so much. Blizzard, thank you. And this was the golden era of Blizzard. We're talking yeah, Diablo yeah. 2. We're talking Brood War. We're talking Warcraft 3. We're talking when Brood or when Blizzard was the GOAT. This is it. This is it. Fuck League of Legends. Fuck Overwatch. Fuck Dota. Fuck CSGO. StarCraft Brood War is the show. I'm 100% biased, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That's it. If I could drop this mic, I would, but it's $1,600, and I don't want to do it. Yeah. Adam wins longest rant. Jeff wins loudest rant. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I've got, I, I've got, uh, I've got so much respect for Brood War. It's it's. I mean, we already talked about Brood War, but I could talk about it forever. I mean, I, like I, I just want, I just wanted StarCraft Two so badly to replace Brood War, and it never even approached it. Not even remotely close. Not the same universe, area code, whatever you want to say. Not even a little bit. Nope. Did StarCraft Two do big things in esports North America? Sure. sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Brood War. Could be. We talked about this off when we were, did our five-hour thing yesterday. Test. Um, <laughs> in our five-hour-long test. Where everything was, went perfectly. Everything, everything went, perfectly. went smoothly. And then today it was a dumpster fire early on. But uh, so 
Brood War, if done in HD and they didn't touch the balance and they put it out with a battle net that wasn't StarCraft II's battle net because that is a <laughs> pile of assholes and they just released that, it would finally kill StarCraft II and I wouldn't give a damn. I would nope. I would go back to... Jeff and I would cast Brood War e- HD right. remaster I'm tell you right now. Immediately! I'm going to tell you right now on the first so episode quick. of this of this podcast if if when 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 Blizzard releases the the Brood War HD version and if there's ladder capabilities with replays and everything I'm going to tell you right now Adam and I will be back in StarCraft but that is yeah, the yeah. only way we get back into StarCraft and let me say this last thing about Brood War the thing is with Brood War is StarCraft 2 has always been in Brood War shadow they have always mm. tried to make another brood war that that secret sauce and in a way it became more successful than what brood war did in terms of 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 basically birthing uh north american esports i mean without starcraft 2 where would we we'd be at right now in terms of twitch and everything but it would be quake it would be quakecon it would be and 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 the, and the thing is guys is with brood war and i'll say this and i mean this as great of a game as StarCraft Two is, and the and the and and the boundaries that they've crossed, and, and the great things that they've done for esports, I truly believe that StarCraft Two will have a shelf life, and we're already seeing it die out. But Brood War will last forever. This will be a Absolutely, game yeah. that will be bigger than StarCraft Two when StarCraft Two finally the last light dims. This will be the show. Brood War will live forever. It doesn't matter what games they produce. Because how great and iconic this game is. I haven't even talked about the game itself. I'm just preaching about the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, I haven't even yeah. got into mechanically and everything else that they've done with it. Because I, it, this would be a whole different podcast. But guys, number one, Brood War. Amen. That's it. Amen. That's Preach! It. Can That's I get it. an amen? That's it. No? No amen? No nothing? No follow up no, amen. on that? Amen. Church! Amen. Fuck. Church! Preach! That's, that's the show. <laughs> well, we have gone over the two-hour period. I knew, I knew it was, today I knew it was going to be, because it's top ten, I knew it was going to last forever, but I don't care. It's the first one. I think we can give people a, a, a longer first podcast for the, the first episode of Technical Alpha. Guys, I hope uh, for everybody watching on the stream, for those of you uh, watching on YouTube, and for those listening uh, outside of that and, and beyond. Thank you so much for joining us on this first one. It didn't blow up as bad as it could have, so that was good. We had some hiccups. Little bit of bits, you know, little hiccups here and there. webcam and shit. We can, we can make it all come back, uh, come back around and make it work. We're we'll excited about this, this new project. We hope you guys are too. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'll let you guys do the math. It's GMT minus five, to my knowledge. Uh, but uh, you guys, yeah, we're, we're excited, and hopefully you guys are too. You guys have any closing thoughts of your own? Uh, well, first off, I, I, I personally want to uh, uh, thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for all the mm. support. The Patreon page is blowing up. Uh, it's been great. Um, we're going to give some shout-out and some thank yous here towards the end. Uh, yep. And also, I want to welcome uh, Panic on the uh on the panel as well um and for those that don't really know mm, who panic so is glad to be here he is mm. he has been a pillar uh in in the lag tv community um he was the guy who donated my first hundred bucks so that i could go out and actually buy a webcam so people could see my face he was the yeah. first fan that i flew out to new york to visit 
um, and spend time with. Uh, and he's been he's been part of the growth and has been here since day one. I know a lot of people don't really know who Panic is. Um, if you watch my stream or Adam's stream, you, you you probably know. But the Lag TV community on YouTube, I mean, it's it's not a name that we've thrown out there too much. But uh, on on behalf of myself and Adam, we want to we want to welcome you and thank you for for the love that you've given us over the years and it it there's a reason why you're here there's a reason why you're here and not somebody else um and that's because you're awesome and uh hopefully the the community will uh will appreciate you being here as well and uh i'm 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 very excited to see where the podcast goes obviously this is the first one uh we'll 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 hammer through some hiccups we do have a third guy here adam and i are used to knowing when to chime in on each other and and knowing what (laughs) buttons to push and when when to do things and these things will come in time now that we have three we're also getting used to this but um it felt good i enjoyed it and uh the amount of support we're getting from the community is amazing as well so that that's my two cents that's my two cents. Yeah, 100%. All right, third guy, what do you I got? I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um, overall, I'm just really happy to be here. I'm happy it turned out as well as it did. I was expecting a raging dumpster fire today, but um, we only got a <laughs> minor dumpster fire. So, um, I, again, um, my big biggest thanks is probably going to be to Adam. Um, he's like, uh, we approached, I approached him a couple months ago saying, hey, do you want to do a podcast? He's like, bro, I'm, I'm way ahead of you. I'm already trying to do a podcast. We got to make this happen. We're, you know, balls rolling already. Um, and then in the past, like, month or two, things have really picked up. So, you know, I've done a bunch of stuff behind the scenes. Like, you know, Adam's come up with ideas, and then I've kind of executed on getting artwork done and all this other stuff. But Adam has literally been um, balls to the wall. Website, Adam. Getting, like, figuring out concepts for what to do, all the fonts and the design language is Adam. He'd usually just be like, I need this in some, like, very generic format. You know what, Panic? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what, Panic? I'm sorry, bro. I'm fucking sorry. I feel like I'm on an episode of Bachelor and you've got you've got two choices. And I just fucking I just poured out my life to There's you. Only one and you said I'm sorry, motherfucker, but I love Adam. And now I just wanna go and I wanna go and fucking jump off my house. And I want to break some bones it's so okay, I Jeff. suffer. Jeff. Fuck! Jeff, Jesus! Giving, uh, I take Jeff. it all back! <laughs> I was going to give I was going to give Adam the rose but then I was going to give Adam the rose and then take Jeff to five guys but okay. Oh, <laughs> denied. Denied. Jeff, you missed the part where I I'm going to wait for him to put his headphones back on. Jeff, you missed the part where I was going to give Adam the rose but then fly you out for five guys. Oh. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah. That's a follow up. Jeff he's busted his own his audio in the process. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeff, get a burger? Uh, Five guys? I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about me. It's just my feelings. Don't worry about it. They'll grow. Your feelings will grow back. No, but it, it, uh, I literally just sucked yeah. Panic's dick, no. and then he went around and said, "You know what? I, I you know, I really want to give a big thanks to Adam because you know, Adam's great." I was, I, you didn't let me get to you, man. No, no it's fine. I've been with you since no, it's, no, it's fine, bro. No, it's fine. It's okay. I, Oh, you're up shit's crick without a paddle now. Can't <laughs> <laughs> continue on Jeff Broods. <laughs> Big thanks to Jeff. No, it's overall I'm I'm really excited for the project. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. I was completely blown away by the community. You guys have been insane. Um just the amount of Patreon support. We've been getting like 
We've been getting sick numbers of responses on Twitter and all of our messaging, and it's just been phenomenal. So I'm, like, really excited to see where this goes, especially with the community. And then uh, Jeff over there, he's kind of just fading into black. But, you know, <laughs> we still love him. Oh, thank you. So, you know, we, thank st- you. we still love you. <laughs> we still love you. Jeff, Jeff brings the personality. Without Jeff, this would be one of the most boring podcasts of yeah. all time. It'd just be so stale. It'd be, be kind of sitting here like this. Listen, you got me this sitting up a little bit, Adam. Thank you, Adam. You got me sitting this up a little bit. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> Fuck. Jeez, this, 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 whole here. Fuck. This, this whole podcast would have been me talking about Persona 4 for like three and a half hours, and then eventually... <laughs> <laughs> and then would have been like, yeah, and then there's Free Space, which is pretty neat. I'd be like, yeah, but what about uh, Persona yeah, 4, though? Fuck. It would have been the whole thing. No, I no. I think we're gonna. I think I think yeah, we're gonna you know do I well. Love you, baby. I know. I know. That's right. That's right. We got nothing but love. No, you guys. The community has been. I'm gonna say for a third time, bring it back around full circle. The community, it has been in, incredible beyond belief, and it's gonna sound stupid and cheesy every time we say it because like you, half of you wants to just believe that we're saying it because we have to, but in reality, it's 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 completely insane to me that there would be people out there that were willing to put up as much money as you guys did before we even had content. Like we were, we were a ways out and we released the Patreon and in the first like 24 hours, we cracked a thousand dollars and I was like, Oh my God. Like the, just, you know, it speaks, it speaks to how much faith you guys have in us, which might be misplaced, but we love you for it because <laughs> it, it means that it, it can give us some comfort that we're going to do something that we really enjoy, but it's also you guys are on the same page, which feel as a content creator is one of the greatest things that you can experience is when you create something that you want to create and there's your community is there and is as excited Backing about it as you are. Yeah. That's yeah. that makes you feel so good because it, it gives you that drive to want to get up and, and do it again. Uh, the dream, and, and so the dream for a lot of content providers, and and Panic is new to this because he's he's kind of becoming a content provider now. Yeah, but it's you know I can speak f- for myself, and I'm sure I can kind of speak for Adam. Is when you're placed in a box and you do something for so long, um, it it becomes work, and and although the work is amazing, and I wouldn't trade it for any other regular type of work or whatever the case may be, it becomes work and. When you want to move and you're afraid to move because of repercussions, whether fans that have supported you for so long will hate you because you're you're staying you're you're getting away from your grassroots or or they just you know might not take uh, they might not like you uh, for 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 what you are. I mean, you know, even you know, there's there's a level of of acting to what we have done over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, there, you know, we are true to who we are. Um, and you're going to get that a lot more in this podcast. But we, we, you know, Adam and I can speak for us. We, we, you know, we, we, we have been Nova War and Maximus Black for six years. And although we have stayed as authentic as we can, there we have been confined and we have done something and, and played up to those characters uh, for a reason and, and a purpose. And it is nice that we can kind of break out of that shell a little bit and expand on who we are as gamers and give you guys our thoughts on things that are going on besides StarCraft. And although we have kind of always had a podcast, this is a, a place where, you know, we can just go on tangents and we can talk the way that we would talk with between Adam and I privately and bring that to you guys. And it's amazing to have people support that 
because usually when you take those leaps of faith, it is a leap of faith and it's a huge risk, whether it will work or not. And it makes it so much easier. And we get much more excited knowing that we have a community backing us on this on this transition um, that we don't really have to worry too much about you know, a financially or, or B if people are going to like it or not. I, you know, it, it's, 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 it's being shown. We're almost halfway to our first stretch goal and we are now finishing up the first podcast. So we, we really do want to say thank you. Um, there's not, we're very fortunate. There's not a lot of, uh, entertainers out there that can make the switch like we have, um, and have this kind of overwhelming support. Um, so for that, thank you. It's been incredible. And I actually, look forward to these podcasts every Friday night. I don't care for the first time. I don't care about my own personal stream. I don't care about the amount of money I'll lose. I don't care about the amount of time, you know, it takes or uh, you know, what my wife is is doing upstairs waiting for me to get off the I don't give a fuck. <laughs> the only thing I care about is making this content, being here with you guys and enjoying this new process. And for the first time since the birth of When Cheese Fails and how big Leg TV had gotten i am finally excited to be working on a project again not about the money not about the fame not about any of these underlining things but just to make it and see where it goes oh 100 110 percent. i sorry I'm, I'm a little distracted because windows 10 keeps trying to tell me to restart my computer and i'm like no how about not right now would be a great idea if we could avoid that. So with that, that being said, you. if you guys want to go and support our Patreon page, <laughs> we link will be in the description We've got below. That screen. No, no, but we are, we are going to wrap it up there. I've got yeah. some shout outs to do because speaking of uh, the patrons, we have a whole host of people that have, have gone the extra mile to... Uh, uh, to really Mile. major back us, like my, like Marathon, more like it. Head on over to there the screen. Uh, you know, they every we like I say in the in the in the little sellout video thing that I put together that uh, you know I, I think probably even the audio guys will will get a, a, some form of that as well. Like I said in that, you know, honestly. We ham up the sellout thing all the time. Jeff especially got you know got to the point where it was like its own meme <laughs> on the on the channel, right? It's just sellout thing because you have to kind of embrace it uh, a bit to do this business uh, proper, and we, so we joke about it all the time. But and it's in, awkward in, in too. Actuality, you know? <laughs> it's awkward too. But yeah. you know, in actuality, you know, you have to get paid to keep doing this stuff if you're going to do it, you know, as often as and and uh, for as long as we have. And you guys make that happen. And some of you guys, even if you can't afford to support us, donations, subscriptions, you know, Patreon, whatever, that's fine. If you're here and you're watching and you're participating in all of our stuff, that's that is a substantial it's amount of support in its own in yep. its own right. And we are super happy to have everyone here and doing that. Um, of course, in this regard, we're going to give some uh, major thank you. Major uh, thank yous to several people who have uh, put in a whole lot of money uh, up front in our Patreon campaign. Uh, you can see there are some available spots here that I've left open, uh, and then they'll be filled uh, over time. and And sometimes we'll be swapping people out depending on who's there for the month. But uh, we got to give a big shout out to Beastall at the five hundred dollar tier. God damn. Five hundred dollars. So Beastall at, at, at that, just to give you guys an idea, he's gonna get he's gonna get an unreleased poster that we haven't even invented yet. 
uh, that's uh, going to be printed off and signed by the three of us and, and sent out to him along with a bunch of other stuff, pins, stickers. Jeff's going to do a no- like a hit-me-up-with-that-noise of whatever he can come up with. Uh, it, he's going to get a lot for that, but it doesn't matter because it's $500 and none of that actually adds up to anything remotely resembling $500. So you're a god Thank for you. $500. Thank you so much. Northern Flow and Mr. Miyagi. Uh, yeah, absolutely. $250 out of these gentlemen. Um, incredible support as well. They're going to get lots of good stuff. I'm not going to say what everybody gets here. Uh, you can see on Patreon. And then everybody else here also fantastic $100 uh, tier that we had to create the tiers above these guys because the demand was so high, which blew my yeah. mind. We had to actually create more tiers. Uh, we have Corey K, Toad of Steel, Naley, J.A., Matt D, Derek P, Jonathan A, Ryan M, Ice Wolfie, and Beastly Barlow. Uh, all of you gentlemen and possibly ladies, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows with some of these uh, these names up here, but thank you guys so that, much. What do you got? Is that Matt Damon? That Matt is Matt, Damon. Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> I was going to say Matt, we... <clears throat> go ahead. No, go no no. I was gonna make a bad Matt Damon joke. We can we can oh, ignore that. I, I was I was <laughs> I was gonna say we had we had one one hundred spot open because Beastall went up to the big five hundred, but it looks like somebody already taken that. Oh, it filled so. it. Beastall moved up, and yep. then Beastly Thanks Barlow today moved in, and that's why at the last yeah. second before I was Joe going Van. live, I, I'm editing this shit trying to get it all <laughs> to be lined up. It was it was I was on the move, uh, but we made it happen. So thank yeah. you guys so much we call you guys the patreon producers but in reality pretty much everybody watching who's supported you guys are all the reason why this show happens and uh before we come around full circle for the like the 85th time that's going to be it for the first episode of technical alpha i guess we haven't even come up with how we're going to sign out on this so i'm just going to say until next time uh should we use our, our handles what, what would you what would you, what do we do gentlemen We're, let's do this on the fly what are we doing quick brainstorm what how are we signing uh, out on this uh, go with I, our I'm names a, man yeah let's i'm go gonna say I'm, I'm gonna say uh you know i'm maximus black okay i'm nova war i'm hashtag third guy that <laughs> <switched>. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes you yes. bought into your own meme Yes. <laughs> Thank I you guys. Am the meme. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, and until we see you again, have a good one.